dark side. Light this bitch up. Everybody, my name is James D. Fiore, and this is Blackballed. And it's also Casual Friday. This is going to be a special Casual Friday. Do you guys remember last week? I'm like, I'm going to revamp Casual Friday. I don't know what's going on with it, but there's less viewers. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so I came up with something, and what I mean by that is that um, I used my newfound sobriety to get giddy for no reason at all made a bunch of shit up and i'll see if it's gonna stick tonight but um we have a great great lineup of guests it's actually douglas's 50th birthday he's a half centurion now and we don't know if he's coming or not because he's got guests at his house and because douglas is the ultra friendly person it might not be something that he wants to do tonight because he doesn't want to disturb his guests who were there for his birthday but we have something just as good because my pal spenny has decided to join us tonight. Spenny, what's up, buddy? Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Good, but you're blurry again. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell okay. you. Okay. Most people watch, or sorry, most, pe- most people listen. Okay. So it almost doesn't matter to me. And, and, and I've learned something about Restream and podcasting software in general. It might be blurry to you inside the software, but it could be okay. fine to the people out there. So. Okay. How are you, man? I'm uh, pretty good, man. Uh, no complaints. Uh, we, I, it's been a, a, you know, I should say uh, my my wife, one of her best friends uh, at the age of 56, dropped dead uh, about a week ago. And uh, it's shocking to me, but more so for her. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, I, I mean, I always, my automatic is I'm fine. But to, the truth is, uh, it's been difficult for my wife and when it's difficult for her it's difficult for everybody you know yeah you know unexpected deaths hit you in spurts you you, all of a sudden you're like oh it's been x amount of time and like i I missed that voice or i missed that presence or you know like the just the company of a certain person like it it, it is weird i when my dad died we weren't even close um I realized, actually, death made, made me realize I have all these neural pathways that are associated with death. So my, my dad died uh, in 2014. And I was always, I, I felt like I never made him proud. And I realized that anytime I had some sort of small success or good news or something like that, I would, sometimes I'd even pick up the phone to call him. And then I was like, oh, fuck, he's dead. Yeah. And, um, and the same thing, a producer of my, a friend of mine, producer named S. Love, Sheldon Moore, rest in peace, Sheldon. Um, died last year and I realized and he was a really really good hip-hop producer and engineer and I realized that whenever I recorded something new I reflexively thought to myself should I send this to Sheldon and I was like uh, so I often forget I don't know if that happens to you or not well for me I don't have that many friends but for my wife this was her one friend that she could you know go out with because I don't go out at all really and you know I can tell by the room you're in she's she's raunchy and funny and uh she honestly we were always worried about her health she just was very unhealthy the way she lived and my wife tried to help her and uh, but you still you know she always thought you know get making it to 70 would be difficult for her so to for her to pass at 56 was just shocking um you're 60 yes and that shocks me yes well, my ball sack looks about 60, but other than that, uh, 
I'm well, I'm well, uh, I don't know. It's like 60 centimeters. Is is that what you mean? No, 60 years old, born in 1963, the last year of the baby boom, though some people argue about that, but I think it's pretty. So I'm a technically a boomer, but I argue that, you know, you can call me a boomer all you like, but I lived outside of the baby boom. My whole adult, uh, you know, childhood was, you know, if you're the last year of that generation, I don't know how you can. Yeah. Like when I see a 42 year old millennial, I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because that's the late end of them. Um, it, so that does that mean that like movie? So you kind of experienced Days and Confused that movie. That was kind of like your yeah. late, late teens kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, but you know, funny the music that I got into uh, was wasn't really what was happening it, with my friends, right? Because I, I got into blues and mm-hmm. <clears throat> old old sixties music, uh, but I love the seventies a lot. I, I do have wistful feelings about the 1970s pre herpes pre aids that is wistful uh, yeah and uh the music was just amazing uh i i love the 70s music a lot i uh, saw the rolling stones their first tour with ron wood at maple leaf gardens in 1975 oh wow as a 12 year old as a 13 13 wow who'd you go with uh my friend peter sussman I think, and maybe my cousin Jonathan, who used to drag me around to wrestling shows too, which is why I'm so into, or was into wrestling. I still am, but uh, I'm just not current on the new product. You were kind of born at the perfect time in a lot of ways for for that kind of entertainment. Like there were like live music, and Toronto's always actually been a hub of like really good live music. Um, and that's Absolutely. everything from like especially blues. Um, and a lot of people are surprised, especially hip hop. When hip hop was like in its infancy there was a direct pipeline to the bronx and well my cousin uh james jonathan gross who you may or may not know him he was a vj years and years and years ago and then he became a sports writer and then an entertainment writer for the toronto sun Mm. um so and he also promoted stuff so he was into african babata like canadians Mm. had no idea what was going on yeah and i used to occasionally sometimes work for him and uh so I picked up uh, Run DMC at the airport and drove them to the what? hotel by Maple Leaf Gardens. You know, I didn't, I wasn't really into it. I didn't really understand what, what I was doing. I was just the driver. I can't believe I'm just finding this out, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So he's he was much more connected to the, well, even Kenny is more into rap than I am. But uh, I did have those experiences and if memory serves, uh, the concert was there was a gun at the concert and it was closed down uh, uh, before, before they even got to the stage. But they came to they came to Toronto and uh, I can't remember the theater. It was like an old movie theater. That, that, no one the, knew what they was, were. Was it the concert hall? No, it wasn't the concert hall. It was a bizarre venue. It was like a movie theater that they had not the New Yorker either. Do you remember the New Yorker? That's this is older. I saw the Ramones at the New Yorker, you know, uh, that was right on Young Street. It was uh, now it's a theater theater with that shows plays. Like the Blue Man Group was there, but he's oh, New York right near House of Lords, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know where that. I place grew is. up. That's where I grew up. Basically, was that part of town? Oh wow, dude! I can't believe, like Run DMC is like one of the greatest hip hop groups ever. Like yeah. they were like true pioneers, and they probably love the fact that you didn't give a fuck. 
had no idea who they were really, but uh, I what saw Bob Marley. I saw Bob Marley at Maple Leaf Gardens, uh, yeah. 11th row floor. I'll never forget that. I wasn't even a fan. My friend went with my friend and we felt like we we're the only white people uh, in the entire place. But I felt the vibe of his sort of spiritual music and it was pretty incredible. Yeah, no, I, I would have died to see uh, Bob Marley. I had tickets to go to Nirvana at Lee's Palace. And uh, and when I got there, they wouldn't let me in because I was. My there. uncle owned Lee's, Lee's Palace. He was a part owner when it was a restaurant before it was a. My band played at Lee's Palace twice. I played there as a solo act once. That was a great venue. I used to go to the upstairs thing a lot because they had like house music and I was really into ecstasy. So I used to yes. go up there all the time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um. No, that's 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 dope. What year was it? See, that's I don't know. I I, I got through this with Dean too. I, I don't. Uh, I have it's called a chronological disorder where I don't. I remember things. I just don't know when they happened. So um, I usually just say oh, I was I was thirteen or twelve. I was actually thirteen at the Stones concert, but I have no sense of time whatsoever. Never uh, have. How annoying! Like for you? I, no, I like it. No, my wife. So op- my wife remembers everything. So whether it's good or bad, you know, I I kind of float through life without that kind of grind uh, grounding to time. Okay, well, I guess that there, there are some advantages. I guess maybe that's why you're so youthful. We were talking about this off air a little bit, and I'm of the mind that, and I use the example with you of when I was young. I remember seeing pictures of like relatives. In, and and they were like 40 or 50 or whatever. Yes. And they just looked haggard. They always yeah. had like a stubby of Labatt 50 and their belly was sticking out and they had a really disheveled beard and their hair was long and they just looked like a transient or something. I look at you and I'm like, I don't know, 48, you know, something like that. Like, do you, th- and, but it's not just you. Sorry to burst your bubble, but yeah. It's, it's, okay. yeah but, the, and I see that a lot and I'm wondering if, if I am having a Mandela effect type um, vibe towards all old people, or if there is actually a more youthful 50 year old now than there was in 1975. I think, I think it's a bit of, I, I think basically the, and this for women, for sure, there's an aesthetic industry now that didn't really exist before. So my hair, if I didn't dye it would be pure white, like Johnny Winter white. So yeah. I've been dyeing my hair for 25 years, basically. Um, I'm starting to get gray, eye, like little gray hairs uh, coming out of my eyebrows. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I eat pretty well because I, I drink a lot and I used to party a lot. Uh, but I think it's genetics, too. That's a huge part of it. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. All I know is I guess there's always exceptions to the rules, but it just um, it just seems to me. Sorry, I'm just uh and you know back then those people you're describing they dressed like old people (laughs) where you and i don't clearly we're still you know t-shirts and you know yeah like i'm 46 but like i I told a i have a there's a co-worker she's like like a younger woman she's like 22 or something like that and i work with her at the library um like once every two weeks or something and um we were laughing at me because uh i'm really against online dating but for some reason i started a tinder account Okay. And I haven't, and I haven't swiped right yet. And the but that's reason, not dating; that's sex. Oh, I, I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. I fucking think it's ridiculous. But my, but I only did it because I wanted to tell the joke, which is I haven't swiped right yet. And she's like, "Why not?" I'm like, "Because they're into online dating." Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I'm literally just there to reject people. 
Like, and I could be rejecting my soulmate, but I'm determined not to online date. I feel like I can bring back talking to people in person. Like I can pioneer that again, I think. Yeah. Uh, good luck. <laughs> good fucking luck. Because you don't like talking to people? Like you don't like, like if you were single right now, would it just be a nightmare? I, I, I can't even imagine. I, I'm so antisocial, James. But the uh, when, when uh, chat rooms, I was living in L.A., and this thing called the chat room was on the AOL, right? And that was sort of, I wasn't a techie. I'm still really not. And I used to go into these rooms and try to pick up women typing, being yeah. funny. Uh, I thought that was challenging and, and interesting at the time. Um, I didn't I didn't deal with online dating at all, but I did join a sort of kinky uh, website for freaks and all that stuff. That yeah, was I've also uh, traversed FetLife a little bit. Yeah, that might have been the one I did that life, but I'm not sure. Uh, but that's back in the day. I honestly, I uh, that part of my life is is pretty much over, and I can't be, uh, I couldn't be happier about that. To be honest, I focus now on the things I really love and care about: my family, my music, my politics, my comedy, and I'm a much happier person. Yeah, that's the dream. I couldn't secure that dream. Um, it helps when you don't end up uh, getting with and having children with a complete lunatic like that that really kind of dampens the family part well that was but, my first wife so i <laughs> yeah 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 it's weird i you know what i did yeah <laughs> I, i'll spare you the details but um she left the family home and 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 we're we're kind of like negotiating the aftermath of all that right now yeah but she left a whole bunch of stuff right and my lawyer is like well, technically that stuff's yours now. She's like, she'll have to take you to court to get that because she abandoned the family home or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And uh, and so I found a, uh, like I was I was going through stuff because I'm like, I want to make it James's place now, right? So like I'm going through shit. And so I found um, a, a luggage thing of clothes and um, I've been wearing her jeans and they look really good on me. <laughs> <laughs> what about her panties? No, well, not well, only on Fridays, um, okay. but casual but, Fridays. Yeah, that's right. But no, but the but the thing is, is that I wore them. I forgot that I was wearing them and she came to pick up the kids once. Yeah. And um, and she's like, are those my jeans? And I'm like, well, technically, they're mine. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's hilarious. Yeah. And I, and I, I was kind of well, you know that the Rolling Stones, uh, who I'm a huge fan of uh, in the 60s and 70s, they would wear and, and the Beatles, too. They wore their wives clothes a lot which was looked like cool rock star clothes. Keith Richards did a lot. The famous Apple uh, rooftop show they did, uh, you know, their last concert right. together. Yeah. I think George and Ringo are wearing their wives' coats. Yeah. I mean, and, and they look great. I mean, it's just great. That was a, like they, a lot of them did that back then. Like David Bowie could wear literally anything and women were just like so sexy. Prince too. Yeah, Prince. Yeah, very, very. I mean, that's the whole, you know, with what's going on with transgender and all that stuff. Like so many of my heroes were, you it know, dabbling in all kinds of androgynous, uh, weird stuff that it was fantastic. But uh, did you like glam rock? I like the New York Dolls, which I think were considered the original glam, glam rock band. But mm. uh, I don't I don't you have to name uh, bands. I, I like, what? I consider Motley Crue glam rock. Yeah, I hate that stuff. Yeah, yeah, me too. Smoking in the boys' room I, made me want to never smoke again. Like, like it was it, it, like that was I, Brownsville Station, right? I don't know. Yeah, that, that an album. They didn't do smoking in the boys' room. Was a band called Brownsville Station? I'm almost sure. Oh, so they covered it? Maybe. Okay, 
smoke yes i think you're right and it was just like this is stupid like i hated molly crew maybe i hate him because my sister loved him so much i hated them because you know when i got into blues i i got into soul music and i found that uh that and and people get mad at me and heavy metal to a certain extent too just soulless music yeah yeah that doesn't have any soul keith richards once said a great line about about rap and i'm not putting down rap people because i don't want to get killed um the, uh, that is so racist. I know, just, but it's true. Anyways, um, so the reality is uh, that he said that you know I don't want to be yelled at. I want to I want to be sing, sung to, which is kind of how I feel. I like music. I like musical things, like that little piano thing you played before I came on. Like that was beautiful. Yeah. Um. That shout out to uh, Lethal Needle, who's the person that produced that track. But um. Yeah, no, I, I guess, I mean, listen, I, I I feel the way about mumble rap that a lot of, like, people that don't like hip-hop feel about, like, really good hip-hop. But I think it's because um, you want to be sung to, but rappers have cadences, right? So it's... Oh, it, no, it, I'm not putting it down, believe yeah, me. Okay. I, I got, re- like, my back got up there a little bit, because now I want to explain to you why you're wrong. <laughs> No, it's not. You can't be wrong. It's personal preference. There's like comedians that, you know, Robin Williams is a great example of I can sit here and tell you he's a genius, but I can also tell you he doesn't really make me laugh. Jack Um, Black. I can name a bunch of very famous comedians that just don't make me laugh. It's it's all personal choice. No, I get it. No, Do you think for you, for the Robin Williams example is because in many ways you're an improv comic? No, I just didn't find him funny. He's very manic. Uh, I, so that his whole and same with Jack Black. I don't really like the manic comedians, although I did love Sam Kinison. Yeah, uh, I don't know why. It, it's nothing. It has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with my personal uh, taste in comedy. That's it. And it's the same with music and any art form, which is why I detest award shows and people who go, "What's the best band?" There isn't the best band. Yeah, I hate ranking band. too. I fucking yeah. hate ranking. It's yeah, so, so stupid. stupid. It makes uh, no sense. How was your tour been? Let's talk about that. Where were you in the last um, uh, week? We or just so? got back from uh, two separate tours with 10 days in between uh, the Maritimes and Atlantic. So uh, Prince Edward Island, uh, Newfoundland, uh, Nova Scotia. It, there, it, First of all, the people out there are just the best. They're just yeah. the best, nicest, sweetest fucking people. They're, they seem happy um, and they really like Kenny versus Fenny. So that doesn't hurt. So it was great. It was a great tour. We had some lobster. We had a lot of seafood. Kenny's uh, and I are both really into. He's a big foodie. I'm not so much. Was uh, that picture authentic? That I saw. I think I saw a picture of him eating lobster and you yeah. eating a hot dog. No, I was having a lobster roll. Oh, okay. Well, it comes in a hot dog bun, but it's yeah. Because it was... looked like I thought the joke was the juxtaposition. Like look, at, like I thought it was how much money each of you had. I thought well, he, he does have a lot more money than I do. I know uh, that's why I thought that. I think yeah, but, but and that's probably but that, that I was actually eating lobster. I had one full lobster in the whole whatever ten days we were there. Um, so where what's it? What cities did you hit? Oh come on. Um, well, <laughs> Halifax. Yeah. Uh, St. John's. John's, New Brunswick, St. John's, Newfoundland, a uh, uh, couple of small towns. Uh, I can't, I, I don't know. Okay. You got the kind of act though, where you could go and do a show in like Toronto and Ottawa, Kingston, but also like head up to like Peterborough and probably sell out whatever place that you're doing. Right. Like, yeah, we, we did well. Um, yeah. I mean, look, we have this big advantage that we have a TV show, right? So hmm. Right away, it, if you're just a, a, a stand-up comic trying to get ahead, 
you know, who never had a TV show, it's a lot harder to get a crowd. But we we definitely have that uh, fan base. And I would say uh, anywhere from 80 to 90 percent of the audience are from the TV show. Right. So can, can I ask you a question? Because nowadays, like you, when you started your show, production was really expensive. And especially when you're going through a network, you know, each show probably cost 100 grand or something like that, whatever, whatever it was. Um, nowadays, you could probably do Kenny versus Spenny for a lot less than that. I was wondering if you've ever thought of a reboot or if you know, it's, it's very expensive. I mean, you know, obviously, because I was in the industry, I know what it is. And, you know, it's but, it's to do it properly. It's very expensive. Uh, there's no way around it. Uh, you, you can't you can't shoot our show the way we did it with, you know, iPhone cameras. You, you know, we had full on crews. Each of us had a crew. We had producers, a production office. We had three editing suites going at, you know, around the clock. Then you've got mixing. You have to mix. You know, it's very, very expensive to produce a, a you know. Now, now, our show's low budget relative to, you know, the queen, uh, you know, uh, that Netflix does, obviously. Uh, but it's, it's, I don't see a, a way that we could do the show cheap. Purely. Okay. Not well, like that. And at the live show, we don't compete or do anything like that because we don't have yeah. the access to the props and all the, the different locations that we had in Toronto. And and we had, we didn't really have permits. So we were like a gorilla. So we were still, a low budget show, but it's still, you, you, weren't, you weren't overstaffed. Like it feels like a show like that would have like eight to 10 people. No, no, no. Because you mean, it depends what you mean. Like, I mean, like camera. People. We, each, we each had a, what we call the unit coordinator, which was sort of like a production assistant. Mm. So everything's times two a sound person and a camera person. Uh, but the, you, you know, you got to have someone in an office that's you know calling up and we're giving them lists of things we need. You, you know, you got to have people to, 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 to facilitate that. You have to have a person that, that deals with the network. Uh, you, you have, have to, to have, have a dealer that sells LSD. Yes. True. <laughs> Q, his name was. Can we, I want to do a reenactment of that because, uh, it's the only drugs that I would touch, um, hopefully for the rest of my life, but, um, you know, yeah. is it psychedelics? I would, and I want to bring it back. I, I still want to do, when I was uh, doing the Dean Blundell show, we had planned and we were going to do it where we all trip out on shrooms and just do a three hour podcast where we're all tripping out. And I think it would be dope. I, I mean, it's like, I, I, I think people want to see that content. Sure. Um, but you, when you did it, you, you didn't know you were doing it, which well, I finally did. Uh, because I, I, I'd done enough of the stuff to know, but when it was first coming on me, I had no idea. No one told me that must've been crazy. It was like, insane. It was. And the, the one story I always remember was finally, they've told me what happened and, uh, I've got an octopus on my head. I'm, you know, I'm doing the, the waves of peaking and coming down and then all of a sudden it's okay, lunch. And they all left <laughs> and I was home in the house alone uh, with an octopus on my head and it was cold. That's one of the things TV can't really show you how cold that thing was on me and yeah. how it stunk. And, uh, and then, you know, when you're left to your own devices on psychedelics, I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, your brain can go to weird places. Do you want to hear a funny story? Sure. Um, I, uh, the last time I did acid X number of years ago, um, many years ago, uh, I think just when I first moved into this house or something like that. And, uh, my family went away for the weekend and I had this shit mailed to me and um, it was like three hits 
uh, in blotter paper. They were still perforated together. And I did one and a half of them. And then the person that sent it to me, like literally 10 minutes after I swallowed it, I put it under my tongue for like 20 minutes and then swallowed it. She's like, oh, oh, did you get it? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, just make sure you only do half. It's fucking really <laughs> important, right? And I'm like, holy shit. So she was right too. Like, like I was like flicking my table and hallucinating sparks rolling, yeah, yeah. right? And I was just like, and then I got like, for, for what I thought was two hours, but was really five minutes, I was, I just spaced out and started to think, what is my brain producing right now in order for me to see that hallucination, the force of my finger? You're analyzing, yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and I thought it was for two hours, but it was for five minutes. And then my buddy from high school, who I haven't talked to in like forever, emails me, or sorry, Facebook messages me a picture of his daughter, and she looks all weird because I'm on acid. So I hunted down his number. This guy I haven't spoken to in like a decade. I'm like, I'm like, Dave? He's like, yeah. I'm like, it's James DeFiori. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? And I'm like, listen, um, is your daughter okay? And he's like, yeah, she's right in front of me. Why? And I'm like, why did you send me that picture of her? And he's like, I didn't send you a picture of her. Oh, wow. But he did. He's, he looked at his phone and he was just like, I have no idea how that happened. And I'm like, I thought it was a ransom photo. I thought they were just contacting right, right. people on your friends list and saying, give us money or this girl dies. And, uh, and I'm just like, and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I should tell you, I did highly potent acid about an hour and a half ago. And he's like, <laughs> he's like same old De Fury. Yeah. <laughs> the best acid I ever did, uh, and I'm not encouraging it, uh, is uh, in L.A., uh, California. It mm. was just uh, far and away, the quality of it was something much different than I was doing in Ontario, Canada. But I remember once I did two or three hits of what we called back then, you probably remember Purple Microdot uh, Double oh, yeah. Barrel. Double Barrel. There was also California Sunshine Double Barrel that yeah. was really popular back yeah. then. Yeah. And, and I ended up uh, going to see uh, at the old O'Keefe Center, which I, it was now, then the Hummingbird, and now I don't know what it's called, uh, Beatlemania, which was uh, you know a, a group of lookalikes who could play yeah. like the music note for note. But that particular show had uh, multiple screens of various transparencies. And I was okay, but I started to peak during the, uh, the uh, psychedelic portion, which was after the first act. And okay. it, it was all psychedelics. And oh my God, yeah, it was insane, dude. I love those experiences. I, I've never yeah. had a bad trip ever. I have. Oh, really? I have. Mushrooms yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, yeah, I, I, I have had bad experiences on mushrooms, but it always had to do with digestion. It never had to do with how high I was, ever. No, I, I, well, with the mushroom trip where I got, uh, it was in Perry Sound, uh, on an island off of Perry Sound. Of course and, I And <laughs> I, I had the literally one of the best nights of my life in terms of laughing. And uh, we were on a dock drinking beer and just eating mushrooms after mushrooms. And I went to bed and everything was fine. And when I woke up for the first time in my entire life, the bed was soaking wet from sweat, not pee. And uh, uh, I was poisoned. I poisoned myself. And oh. in order to even go see, I, and then I was laying there in bed going, do I have to wake people up and go to a hospital, which would have required a boat taking me to a hospital because it was a landlocked, not an island, a landlocked piece of land. Yeah, you're like swimming. That's how that one kid died in the C&E, remember? Like the concert, no. Toby, I think his name was. He no. drowned because he, he was on acid and he walked into the lake and no one ever saw him again. 
No, I just, I just uh, sweat because your body's trying to get it. Mushrooms are poison, right? <laughs> they're, they really so are. alcohol. So yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like to uh, give a big welcome to a casual Friday regular. Her name from the Naked News, Emmeline. How's it going, Emma? Hi, how's it going? Good. How, there you go. Oh, look at you. <laughs> I made a shirt today. So your hat, your hat, you're you're hiring the mentally handicapped. That's great. I'm no. <laughs> that, hey, listen, you haven't been referred to that in like twenty years. It's, that was about your T-shirt. Uh, I think I, it's beautiful. I well, you don't. You, Look at that. Spenny, you have like Well, a... yeah, I watched you when I was a kid, so this is what you're getting. All this right. is how I, know I, I do appreciate it. I, I just <laughs> you that. sound like it. Yeah. <laughs> why is that so... Why is that, that, that created silence. Why is that? Are you bad at taking compliments, Spenny? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I guess I'll just take it off. No, um... <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think you really understand what's going on in the Kenny versus Spenny audience. How much abuse I get, you know. Well, uh, we wanted to just turn the tables here because we all, we, you know, we have no Kennys allowed. This is for a beautiful bump. Oh right? wow! Yeah, Hello. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So we're trying. We were trying to bet. I feel like I've totally failed this bit. But this was supposed to make you laugh, make you feel good because we were. No, it does. No, it does. We're it's, Spenny it's Network. At, we're Spenny Network at Cryer Meter. We're not a Kenny Network. You know? Well, yeah, you should be. Look, the funny thing about Kenny, uh, because he really is my best friend, ultimately, yeah. uh, through all of it, you know, he's he's got this thing that I don't have called charm or something. And, and you may not see it on the TV show, but when we do meet and greets, I mean, he's just he's like his dad. He's like this old Jewish guy who knows what to say. And he'll couple walk up and he'll say, oh, you brought your father to make the girl, you know, like all those old school things. Yeah, yeah. And it's, love it's that amazing. Suit. One of those love that suit kind of guys. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me, the meet and greets are horrific. You know, I just, yeah. I just want to go back to the hotel, you know, after the show, but the, the money's in the meet and greets, right. That's where the ticket sales go up. But um, so, so I've, I've had to endure uh, and I, I don't complain about it because I did the show willingly. It's nobody forced me to do it and I got paid very well. Uh, but I do, uh, I do get a lot of abuse. Like for example, uh, we go to Halifax, get out of the car after the airport, go into the hotel to check in and somebody screams out, Spetty, you're gay. Right? It's like, <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, I, to me, it's like, and so what if I was right, yeah. <laughs> you know? but that's the Kenny fan, you know? So I, I love the Spenny fans. They're few and far between, but I do appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm Emma. definitely a Spenny fan. Um, <laughs> my moral compass, every time I watch, I, I used to watch with my, uh, with a buddy of mine in high school. And I don't know. I actually used to get, I know it's for the show and everything like that, but I was always like, you know, Kenny's cheating. Like he's absolutely cheating. Like that's not cool. So I'm always, you know, I, I was like. Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. If he didn't. Right. If he didn't, there'd be no show, right? I know. It's, it's, well, it's, it's the yin and yang. It's the symbiotic it's relationship, right? But exactly. uh, I was rooted. I was rooted for you. So. How's it going, Emma? How are you doing? Um, I'm okay. I'm back home. Uh, yeah. I had a, had a bit of a health issue. Uh, turns out I'm allergic to something. Didn't know what it was and huh. almost died the other day. So oh, that was fun. Both of you guys opened with death happened? tonight. Yeah. What happened? Uh, I was laying on my couch, fell asleep, woke up, my throat felt like, you know, I was having a really good time without having a great time. <laughs> and um, I got up, had a sip of water, couldn't swallow it. 
which again, something that never happens to me. And um, I called 911 and ambulance came. Long story short, I went into anaphylactic shock in the ambulance and spent a uh, good 14 hours in the hospital. So, Did they give you, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, the epinephrine and I've got the yeah. EpiPen handy. And Oh, wow. Do you know what you ingested that made it happen? No idea. Uh, I know I have an allergy to eucalyptus, but I don't really eat eucalyptus. <laughs> I know, it's the weirdest were you, thing. Were you, um, uh, were you sleeping with a ginger? I'm just <laughs> no, <laughs> no gingers allowed. Right. No, um, I, uh, I honestly, I don't know what it was. If it was eucalyptus, it's through whatever contact, you know, I had throughout the day. I was just at the Naked News studios in the morning. And then I also had some fudge with Brazil nuts in it. I've never had a Brazil nut before, but I'm fine with other nuts. So yeah. I, I'll be seeing an allergist, but. Yeah, You're lucky. I, I know people that have passed died from uh, those kinds of things. Well, and that was the thing is I, at one point I thought I was dying. My, I literally just before passing out, I just remember thinking like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to say goodbye to my kids. It was yeah. the most terrifying and heartbreaking moment of my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it really kind of reset my brain. Like today is like, I'm, I'm eating, I'm sticking to fruits and bagels. Like things that I can, that I know that I'm safe to eat because I am terrified. I, yeah. yes, I'm eating carbs. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I think that's back. good. Um, you, so, I, you, I talked to you about this earlier today and I'm um, mm -hmm. sorry that you went through that. First of all, um, second of all, um, you, the way that, uh, when you told the story to me, uh, you, you kind of, um, in a way, in a, you credited the, one of the paramedics with kind of saving you, right? Cause you were like, absolutely. yeah, tell us about that. So I was about to send the paramedics away. And when they came to the house, like I, I felt like I was overreacting. I just, I felt doom. There was just this overwhelming sense of doom. But, and I was worried about wasting their time, middle of the night. And I remember saying like, is this like, I, I should just wait here. I'll wait it out. And the paramedics like, no, like I need to take you for observation. Please just let us take you for observation. And the way that he said it, it really just, he took away my choice really to say no, but in a very polite way. And if it was not for him, I honestly think not, not, not to be a Debbie Downer. I honestly think my kids would have woken up to something quite horrific that the next morning. So, wow. Well, I'm glad you're okay. We're all glad you're okay. So Thank that's you. the message. You know, uh, I talked about, I don't know if you were listening before, uh, <laughs> my wife and I lost a friend and she literally had a, a doc to go to the doctor cause she wasn't feeling well eight hours after she died. Oh, no. Get an appointment. So if that happens, uh, go see yeah. go see someone. Yeah. My first panic attack, I thought I was having a heart attack. And I walked up to my wife and I'm like, I think I'm having a fucking heart attack. And she didn't look away from her phone and said, so do you like want me to call an ambulance? <laughs> That's a true story. Um, let's welcome to the show, back to the show, Jenny. Jenny, Miss Jenny Gray, how are you? Hi, hi. hi. I've had issues. I'm telling you, I don't think anybody wanted me on tonight. I was connectivity issues over at my job and driving. Supposed home to talk about that. You just traffic be like, hey, how's it going? Hey, we're I'm here. here. We're happy. I'm here. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm good. Actually, you know what, Spenny? Yeah. Spenny, I'm Jenny. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, Jenny I had a sign and everything like set up at my job, and like I, I, I don't have it, so. There's no sign behind me. It's just my bedboard. But like, hey, you know, um, That's a big bedboard. 
Yeah, right? Yeah. It's totally a big bedboard. Yeah. Um, that's not a wall? That's a bedboard? No. It's, this is a bedboard. This right here. Right here. Oh, yeah. Oh. So that's what we tie you up to. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, you know it. Um, yeah, I've been a big fan of Spenny's, like, since, like, the early 2000s with Kenny versus Spenny. Like, honestly, I always rooted for you, Spenny. I fucking hated Kenny. Like, honestly, <laughs> me and my husband at the time, we always rooted for you. And I almost feel like the spin of the show was always that you were, like, just the, the guy that always had to just lose. And I hated that. I well, hated it depends. That. If you... If... if if you call someone who sometimes he outsmarted me, but if he, he totally cheated, which he did a lot, um, I don't think I really lost, but of course, yeah, people think that. Yeah, no, I, I get that piece. And like, I just feel like, yeah, I just wanted you to be redeemed every show. And like, he would just be such a fucking, Oh man. He just, yeah, it wasn't well, good. You see our live show. It's even, <laughs> I, I'd like to actually go. I'd like to actually go. I should have. Yeah. Uh, Spenny, is that the wrestling influence where you would just allowed him to cheat and then still win? Is that no, it? no, no, not really. It, it was, uh, oh, oh, and still win. I didn't know a lot of times how he oh. cheated. Uh, and if I spent my time trying to figure that out because I knew him and I know what he's like, uh, there wouldn't have been a show either. Mm. Right? I, I, so my job basically was to be the every man or every woman that would just do what uh, a, a normal person would do. Uh, in a competition like that, which is basically how I handle life. So it's not a, a stretch for me, but uh... yeah, you and Kenny are a good metaphor for left and right. I, I, the right online, especially, and you'll find this out when you like, look at like uh, Tim pool, um, you know, Dave Rubin yeah, I know uh, to, to a certain extent. Um, what's his face? Uh, the British guy there was in Arthur. Oh, Dudley Moore? No, not no. The the remake, the reboot. Oh, fucking, Russell ones. Brand, Russell Brand. So these guys woke up one because these guys were all pretty noted progressives, and then they woke up one day and they realized that if they criticize the left, mega audiences will flock to them. So right wing audiences are really loyal, and left wing audiences not so much. I think that if you actually really pulled the audience of Kenny versus Benny, like the people that really watch the show. I think your audience numbers would be roughly the same about who's rooting for who, but it's just that Kenny type fans are more likely to express that online through likes and follows and that kind of stuff. No, a couple of things. He's got lots more followers than I do, which That's... is because he's liked more than me, but mo mo most importantly, because he started five years before I did. Mm -hmm. He's uh, all into tech and all that stuff. So, you know, I didn't even have a Facebook account or a MySpace or any of that shit for years till I absolutely had to when we were on CBC. Uh, and mm -hmm. people told me, you got to do this finally. And then I did it. By that time, he'd already had hundreds of followers. Plus, let's be honest, I talked about this on the podcast earlier today, which is, uh, you know, the bad guy, the, the naughty fellow is a lot more appealing than the person who, uh, you know, and I get that. That's fine. But I don't, I just, I, but I never met one, I guess is what I'm saying. Whenever I watch Kenny versus Spenny. You never I met a Kenny it, fan? I, everyone I knew was rooting for you. And I knew a lot of people that watched that show. There were people that like thought maybe that Kenny was funnier or whatever. But yeah. we were always like, fuck, fuck, look, he's fucking over Spenny again. Like it made me, made him, most of the people that I know upset. Right, like they like, made the network upset. They couldn't believe it. They go, come on. They, they, can he, can't Spenny win once in a while? I was like, whatever, you know, it. 
it, the whole thing was so ridiculous. It was a comedy show, right? And uh, it's all good. I, I'm, mm. I'm perfectly fine with whatever it is. In fact, my uh, a big part of the live act is my hostility towards the fans, which gives me something to work <laughs> for comedically, work with. Totally. Oh, my you God. Know. You get to, So you're really just being yourself in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, like... No, it's, uh, unfortunately, that's all I can do. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that talented. I, I'm just super honest. You know, that's how I get through. But, uh, you know, and, and by the way, it's not that they like Kenny. It's like his jokes are so immature and puerile. And, you know, it, to me, I come from like, you know, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, you know, where yeah. there's some, you know, some depth to the comedy, some social commentary. Uh, and I find our audience, this, this isn't an audience that goes to comedy clubs. These are Kenny versus Benny fans. So I used to yeah. do a bit where I'd say, "Is there who's the biggest Kenny fan in the room?" A bunch of people put up their hand. I try to find the dumb, you know, the dumbest looking one, and I bring him on stage and I ask him, you know, name uh, three of the Axis powers in World War II. Eighty <laughs> percent of the time, they have no idea, and I yeah. win that. What's little an Axis power? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't even know what I'm talking about, and, and it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, you know, slightly difficult question. It's not what they're expecting. But sometimes I get burned, you know, uh, early Germany. And, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then I'm nice to him. I said, you know what? Good. You know your history. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, there's four really no filter people on tonight. That's uh, that's an yeah. interesting yeah, combo. Um, I met Jenny on, you know, Kenny Robinson, right, Spenny? Yes. I met uh, Jenny on Kenny Robinson's uh, Facebook thread um, where he posted this thing where he was like, um, it was some chick who tweeted, um, yeah, I took a guy out tonight, paid for dinner, fucked him, and sent him home in an Uber. We'll see how he likes it. And it was obviously every guy was like, wow, that, that sounds pretty good, actually, right? Like, yeah, like you know, yeah. not bad. And, then, and so Jenny and I met in a Kenny Robinson Facebook thread where um, where she, where she th there was an exchange between her and Kenny. And she was like, well, he like he would have to eat me or something like that. And I wrote I put a gift. I, I put in a gift that was like I could eat a peach for hours. And she's like, what's your number? And I said seven point five. And that's why she's on the show. <laughs> OK, right. And yeah. um. Uh, anyways, uh, Jenny versus Spenny would be a good like podcast to do at least a one off because right. I don't know. I think you guys would you're total opposites, but I think you would mesh Jenny. Like ah. that would be a dream job for you, I think. Yeah. You know what? Like I said, I admire Spenny. Um, and and funny enough, actually, I, I work in a shelter on Sherburne right across the street from where you guys film that show. And so many times I like I come into work and I look at that house and I think to myself, that's where all the magic happened. And when like, you know, James told me that I was going to be on this podcast with Spenny, Spencer Rice, I was like, holy fuck. It's like my dream come true. Like, this is crazy. Got to like, dream bigger, Jenny. Dream What's bigger. that? Dream bigger. I know. I know, right? I know. No, I appreciate that. Look, uh, yeah. a lot of crazy shit went on in that uh, house. The series was nuts. And at the end of the day, it was fucking funny. And uh, yeah. and we're still milking it for cash. And, yeah, uh, no. Yeah. The neighborhood, the neighborhood is golden. Like, I love the neighborhood. It's just such a great neighborhood with, like, characters, like, out of, like, movies. Like, it's just such an amazing, you know, as you know, you, you were in the neighborhood. So, you it's know. It's a little that. bit uh, on the rough side. I like, clearly yeah. that's what you like. But yes, uh, yeah, uh, prostitutes, uh, re yeah. rehab centers, uh, you know, uh, Dundas and uh, Sherburne was considered the most dangerous corner in all of Canada. Back it in was. The day. It was back then. Wow. Absolutely. Really? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah all in the back alley where we work. You've got, like, you've got uh, yeah. uh, re, what's it called? Regent Moss Park. Park. Moss Park yeah. is right there. You've got a lot of uh, halfway houses and whatnot. You've got yeah. a lot of prostitution moved from uh, Jarvis years ago over to around there. Yeah. Oh, no, the prostitutes are still very much on Jarvis. When I worked okay. at Oasis, they, the Hooker Harveys are still there. I was oh, just no, it's not Hooker Harveys. It's Corvies. Corvies. Oh, that's brilliant. I yes. love that. Corvies. <laughs> I lit in 1999. I lived at Bloor and Lansdowne, which I thought was really that was too. that's a rough part. Yeah, yeah. The, the crack dealers have this weird system there. So yeah. you'll if you walk from the like I used to walk from uh, I used to go pick up my drugs at like Dufferin and Bloor, and then walk from Dufferin and Bloor to Lansdowne and Bloor, where I lived in this big studio apartment or whatever with this yeah. couple that were crazy. Um, and w- when I would walk back, it would be like all I would hear is this. And if you look over, it'd be a crack dealer, and he'd be like, "You look for some rock." It's like no. <laughs> and they, then you get to the next one, and it's like, right, just a different whistle, but kind of the same. And you look over, and it's you look, you looking? No, no, man, no, I'm looking. And, and near the like, uh, the legendary house of Wancaster, if you remember that place. I I went uh, to that place. Uh, no, there were. I went to Parad. Uh, yes, Paradise. Yes. And that place was weird. I went into that place. It's in her underwear. Did you notice that? Yeah. yeah, I did. Remember, okay. uh, this, this was taken. This was, this was taken. <laughs> this was taken moments before <laughs> we went on the air. No, Kenny's, no allowed, Kenny's allowed. Which I love. I don't know. The bit fell flat. I guess I didn't deliver it right. But Spenny was literally. My like only this. problem with that underwear is there's no apostrophe uh, for the ass. Oh my god. There is. There, there is. is an apostrophe. No, there isn't. Oh no, it fell ah. off. It no. fell off. <laughs> oh my god. She tried. But when I when, when but when we sh- when she when Kenny when Kenny when Spenny saw the shirt and I post a picture, he went like this, Jenny. That was very nice for you to do that. And it was just like, oh. James tried to do a bit for once, my very first bit uh, on on Casual Friday, and, and Spenny was like, I will I, not give you bit. this bit. I want to do this bit with Dean where I I quit Twitter and all social media, and then a week later. I come on Dean's show or your show. I, I'm only saying this because it'll never happen. Hello. The you. Oh, the apostrophe is there. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, showing I come us on a week later too. and I'm like, Mr. Drum Circle, Mr. Happy, <laughs> Mr. You know, oh, one week God. off of social media and I'm a new guy completely. Yeah. That's uh, a bit. That's the stuff that Steve Martin used yeah. to do on the Tonight Show. All right, all right. You don't have to be so mean about my lack of bit well, writing experience. No, I, I can't use my TikTok <laughs> one. I was gonna do a TikTok where it's I'm I'm done with social media. I'm completely done, and then black screen, and then like two seconds later, be like, oh my god, that was the longest two seconds of my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, I was well. Also, Jenny, like, in, with all due respect, you were supposed to have I love Spenny on your tits as well. I was, you know, but like I was just so frazzled from yeah. work, I I couldn't even like, I don't know, like I I guess I could write it now. Uh, yeah, maybe I could write it right now. Get well, some, not, you, know, you can't talk about the bit. You just got to do it or not do it. Like, yeah, I know, those, I yeah. Know. What do you feed those things? Look at just, those. All <laughs> right. What, what do you feed those things? Um, special diet, special diet. Yeah. <laughs> special diet, cream pie diet. Yeah. Cream pie diet. Do women look for bras where it looks like they have their elbows in all the time? Is that, is that the, is that the idea? Uh, I don't know. No, I, I, I did a, a pilot called Good Girl, Bad Girl when I was uh, living in Los Angeles. And I had two wonderful comedians. One of them's married to Kevin Nealon. Um, oh, she's, oh. she's been on. She's been that on. Poor uh, woman. 
curb your enthusiasm. And they were both flat chested. And uh, you girls know what they're called. They're these things. They're stick. They stick on the side and they the give chicken you cutlets. the cutlets. Yes, cutlets. that's right. They're unbelievable. I know. Yeah, I know. I used to make fun of uh, my ex-girlfriend, who's actually one of my best friends. I'm going to talk about that in a bit, actually, because I got an online dating profile and I think I figured something out. But oh, I used to, yeah. Are you I on Tinder? To, are you on Tinder now? Stop talking because I don't want to talk about it yet. Um, but but she would come home after a long day of serving and just literally pull out the cutlets and throw them. <laughs> she, she hated them so much. And I used to make fun of her because one of her boobs was bigger than the other. And I was like, you only got one cutlet? Oh, right, right. I don't even understand the physics of it, to be perfectly honest. because The just bra is, is, is size for a B, but when you put the cutlets in, it's like you got C tits and a B bra. And so it just lifts, yeah. it kind of right. pushes it together. Before I had mine surgically implanted, my cutlets were always in my bra, so. Gotcha. Yeah, that's gotcha. right. Cutlets are good. Um, we have, uh, I think Douglas is trying to get in here. Um, oh, he's gone. Okay, so Douglas will be trying to get in. Jenny, we're going to say goodbye to you in about five minutes, but I want you to tell me um, the the craziest thing that happened today at your job, because your job, you're a hero. And social I, worker. Are you a social worker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That is, you're right. That's heroic work, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you give me, like, I'm not looking for, like, any suffering story, whatever. could be a happy but just like, you know, give me, give me something. Because I know that where you work, it's a daily basis over there, right? Yeah. Um, a heartwarming story. Um, I think, you know what? Today was a pretty light day. Like, I mean, you never know what you're walking into, to be quite honest. But, like, the work is quite rewarding. At the end of the day, the work that I do is difficult. But, like, I want to say maybe today it was kind of like people were coming to me and just thanking me for, like, just being awesome, you know? And, like, that sometimes is... All you need, especially when you've had a really shitty week, which this week was pretty hard. I've been doing a lot of home visits and lots of stuff going on with families that I've been dealing with. But, you know, people coming in and just saying, hey, you make a difference in my life. You know, your positivity, your smile, your realness, it makes a difference. So, you know what? For that, for me, that uh, that's why I do the work. That's why, like, you know, connecting to people and just making a difference. But, yeah. I think it's dope. And I told you this last week as well. I, I, I love how you have no filter. I think that probably makes you more authentic to the clientele or whatever they're called. You know, like, like better to deal with you than a nurse. What was the, what was, what was the one flew from the cuckoo's nest nurse? What, hatchet or whatever Ratchet. her name was? Yeah. Ratchet. Hatchet. You know, you never want to deal Ratchet. with that. I had a good experience when I was in the hospital too. There were people that, that were like, there were a couple of nurses that were a little standoffish, but the, there was one nurse that was, had a personality type like you, like she would drop F bombs in the middle of me talking about my medication. Like it was no big thing. And I was like, Oh, that's so refreshing. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard, that's I haven't why all heard... the rehab people are ex addicts, right? Cause they, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Are you actually, ex- you know what? Funny story. Actually, before I left my, my boss checked in with me and um, I, uh, I was showing him the guy that I was going to be like meeting this weekend and um, actually showed him a few of my like dates that I've been on. And there was a guy that looks just like my boss. So I showed him a picture of this guy, like a younger version of him. I'm like, does this guy look familiar to you? And he's like, he's like, "Uh, yeah, kind of. And I'm like, who do you think he looks like? He's like, "Um, he looks like a guy that I know. I'm like, has anybody ever said that he kind of looks like you? And he's like, no, actually, I'm like, yeah, all of our coworkers think he looks like a junior you. And I'm like, what do you think about that? And he's like, did you go out on a date with him? I'm like, yeah, I fucked him, actually. And I'm like, I called him, like, your name, but junior on it. And he just gives me this look like, like, as if to say, like, 
Why you didn't you fuck, fuck me? Right? Do you want to <laughs> yeah. fuck me? And I'm like, it was really fun. It was really funny. Like you had to be there. His face just dropped because he's my boss. So like he can't, you know. So it was just, it was priceless. Wow, you're really like messing with that power dynamic there, aren't you? Too much, too much. Yeah. Make him go down on you. You know, <laughs> Just fucking really reverse that shit. You know. And while he's down there, ask for a raise. Yeah. Uh, do, do a power move. And yeah, make him yeah. make him do the bad joke where he shows you his dick. You want a raise, do you? <laughs> See if you can oh manipulate that out of him. Jenny, yeah. thank you very much. I, I always love having you. We're going to have you like as often as we can on Casual Friday. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you nice to meet you guys. Nice Watch to meet your you. Show, have a good night. Nice Jenny. meeting, Emily. Nice to meet you. Um, happy birthday, Douglas. Happy birthday. Hey, thanks so much. How are you? Thank happy, you. Happy Douglas, have you and Spenny met before? Thanks, Spenny. You're welcome. Have you guys met? You have, right. Okay, good. Yes, we have. Um, yes. Douglas, it, it what, was did a you do for your 50th, what did you do for your 50th birthday? Because you're a half century and, and you, like Spenny, suffer from the disease of looking younger than you really are. You know? At least in my opinion. Well, that, right, tonight, you look old, tonight you look distinguished. I made a deal. Know, maybe it's because your beard matches your shirt. But go ahead. You made a deal with the double? Or maybe yep, I made a deal. <laughs> or maybe it's because the wall behind me is finally painted. <laughs> <laughs> that did that be. this week yeah i did that this week it's been a pretty good day actually um a little cleaning lots of cooking uh because my beaver sweetie's uh birthday was two days ago so it's uh we're two Torians oh. in this house nobody and has a lot younger nine. than you isn't he Is, isn't he a lot younger than you? nine years nine years nine years significant yeah yeah You've so does that automatically make you daddy if you ever go to that place? Uh, not automatically, no, because it's more of an energy thing. Oh, is it? So it's more it's more of an energy thing. thing than a boy th th than an age thing. Typically, it goes with age, huh. but it's more of an energy thing. So you you know you have people. My fantasy was always that, older women. Really have daddy energy. Boys. Mine's always older men. What was that spending? No, but then what happens is when you get it my age, the older women are like 80. Yeah. So Yeah. And not all of them are uh, Martha Stewart. And but yeah. holy oh. shit. Like there must have been a lot of airbrushing, yeah. right? Like there was likely, oh, yeah. but oh you know that what I posted and clever. nobody even liked it. I don't it. know shit. I po I posted uh her pictures and uh with the quote, um uh shout out to Snoop Dogg. Yeah, because because we know you did right or something like that, and everyone's just like boo, like no one even I don't know if the algorithm <laughs> fucked me or not, but I was like this is fucking gold. I thought Snoop Dogg himself would be like shut up y'all or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like I was really my best stuff always is the least uh, circulated, right? Mm -hmm. Like my that time I posted, of... who gave that picture to me? I can't remember who it was, but it was like it was five eclairs, and or or, or chocolate penises, and one of them was white chocolate. And I posted the Jackson Five. That was great. Yes, that but was... even when you retweeted it, no one even fucking said it. It was that just was like a Man. great tweet. That oh, was funny. I got, I got really mad. You know, I got oh, I, wow. I, just social media doesn't do for me. At least Twitter doesn't do for me what what it's supposed to do. You know, See, like my best, Spenny, you're totally right. The best material gets completely ignored. It's like we're it too does. smart. It's like we're too smart for Twitter or something. I it know. does. I think like if half my followers knew how intelligent my comedic likes are, nobody would ever laugh at my jokes. Not that they're not funny, 
But like I grew up Monty Python, Father Ted, like, you know, some pretty high, the lowest of the highest of lowbrow is what I right. call it. Yeah. And yes. so whenever I try and do stuff like that, never gets any results. And then, you know, I post something, oh, here's my face. Oh, it blows up. It's, so it's like, you know what it is? It's comedic illiteracy. I talk about it in our live show. This is why Kenny is such a hero because his jokes are so like kindergarten level jokes. Yeah. Take my wife, please. Oh, right, but right. Yeah. You have to have, I mean, Python is absolutely high end comedy done yeah. in a low end way, but yeah. very highly right. intelligent. Yeah. And I, I blame, and I don't blame, I blame Will Ferrell. And I love Will Ferrell. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he made stupid funny and that, and that, it seemed to me like he's the the linchpin of that you know uh, where the humor is just very stupid and it's very funny but i think some of the more intelligent comedians suffered from uh, an audience that can actually understand uh, mm-hmm. iron, uh would there be off. would there be a will ferrell without a chevy chase oh wow um Ooh. i don't know you Good know what i mean because i thought chevy chase was sort of like my like like I've never laughed at Chevy Chase. I laughed at like certain scenes in Christmas Vacation or something, but his stand-up mm-hmm. and his SNL shit, I was always like, eh, you know. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But Will Ferrell makes me laugh. Like he's very funny. I'm just talking about the audience more than I am the performer. Oh, you know? yeah. I have that feeling about Dane Cook's audience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Did you, what yep. comedians don't like him for some reason? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know him well enough to comment, but uh... okay. But do you like his stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know it that well. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Holy shit. What is Sorry. she fucking going on about? A uh, raccoon tried to get my house. Oh. <laughs> I have my back door open. <laughs> oh, my. You I sure it wasn't Jason house. Kenny? I don't even know what that means. No idea what that means. I really don't. <laughs> it works. You know let's, let's, let's be honest. I don't mind because everybody thinks I'm a self-righteous prick anyways. There is a dumbing down of people. This explains politics. It explains, mm-hmm. you know. I think Family Guy is like one of the things that dumb down people because that is yeah. like there. There are there are sometimes smart jokes on the Family Guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But often it's the really obvious, yeah. like shocking for the sake of being shocking. So did you ever see when South Park made fun of them? No. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Oh. They had a. And they had a right that the, the they I think as Cartman goes into the writer's room of Family Guy, and it's a bunch of manatees <laughs> in a tank, and they have uh, balls like balls that they and the balls come out of the tank and it'll say uh, uh, what like uh, uh, pop culture reference, <laughs> and then the next ball will come out and it'll be a excremental bodily function, and, you know, and that's how they. It was such a brilliant takedown. Oh, that's hilarious. That's I saw a similar thing when they were like, this is how Vice picks their articles. And they had dildos that stuck to walls and they would just go like this. And it would be like drug dealer. And then like this. And right. it'd be like from Colombia. Right? Wrestling. Then, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, lesbian. So then the title would be like lesbian drug dealer from Colombia caught with 48 pounds of cocaine, like whatever it was. Right. Like, yeah. Th- there is that card. It's a cheap formula, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. South Park is one of the smartest shows yes. ever. Mm-hmm. I don't think people give it enough credit because, oh, I don't know. It looks like a little kid show. Yeah. Right? No, no, they're brilliant. Is that they've always stayed a t- they've stayed topical but also ahead of the curve. So like when yep. it was 
taboo to swear and have children characters swearing on TV. Like that's, that was how it started. And then you start watching for the shock value. And then you realize like, wow, this is absolutely. And they, and they have no sacred cows. They shit on everybody. Yes. Which is beautiful. To do that. I thought, I, I, although I never saw it, and I was disappointed. I always thought that um, the I, I was really disappointed that I didn't get to see the Book of Mormon. I always thought that that because that to mm. me was one of the most brilliant like ideas. I don't know. You, that's your that's your um, scene, Douglas. Like 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 you know, w- wouldn't you be yep. the happiest? Actually, dude, we sh- you know the South Park guys. Oh my God, we need to get Douglas to make a uh, audition tape to be the world's first. Saddam Hussein South Park version impersonator. Because I'm telling you, Douglas, it, it, you're sitting on a gold mine, my friend. Can you make that happen, Spenny? <laughs> no, because they don't like me. <laughs> like most people. Uh, oh, come it, on, James. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's Buck. <laughs> so oh, my God. You put the right clothes on, and I'm telling you. Like, it's the funniest thing. Um, come on, Satan. Don't be like that. <laughs> they don't what like me. Mean? They like Kenny. Do but they, 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 like don't me, like they, they don't want to spend time with me because I, I'm a drunk and I got really rowdy with them when they were in Toronto. Really bad. And uh, Oh, that's right. It was at the um, uh, the Drake, you said, right? Yeah. 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 yeah they're, 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 you know, and I also had a big argument with them because they started shitting on Everybody Loves Raymond, which which I don't even like the show, but I couldn't believe their arrogance there, you know. Like like we talked about earlier, it's not for everyone, but it's not a shit show. It's a very good show. It's just you know, I hated it because the wife. Um, I, I honestly like the reason why my marriage is over is because that show made me feel like I am never ever going to take that shit from anybody. <laughs> like Ooh. I always thought that the husband was such a weak, sniveling little fuck. And it made me angry that the wife was just continuously grumpy and mean to him all the time. Like she wouldn't put out. She was fucking like just as much Penny versus Penny, Penny, by the way. And I'm the weak, sniveling wimp. So I'm amazed that you like me. No, but 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 I hated the show because it reminded me of that. However, if I fucking like like if I put on my objective reality hat on, it, of course it was like a half decent show. Like it wasn't like you can't just be that cynical about things that right. aren't hilariously right. fucking crazy funny all the time. No, but you know? did you see the one episode I did see because my friend was a member of the Academy. So or the Emmys or whatever. And so they, they'd send out all these DVDs of the shows yeah. that were nominated. And I, it's the only time I really watched everybody loves Raymond. And it was the one where the, the grandmother takes an art class. Have you seen that? I don't remember. And she 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 wills in her first art, and it's this massive sculpture, and it oh, looks vaguely like a vagina. I do remember that now. That you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. That was really funny episode. And everyone was trying to avoid the fact. Well, it's, well, they uh, yeah, but the, the her husband kept looking at it like quizzically, going, "I've seen that somewhere before. I don't know what it is." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know a lot of those old like Douglas. Have you ever done a comedy? Because you're a you're a theater actor. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. I'm in one right now. What's it called? And I, oh, that's right. Yours is like funny and oh, like uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's exactly. actually similar. Yeah, I'm, I'm in one called uh, "Over the River Through the Woods" uh, by Jody Pietro, and it's very much uh, everyone loves Raymond type thing. It's a grandson who has his four grandparents, and they're essentially smothering him, and he just really wants to get away. Right. <laughs> When do you start that? Uh, we're in rehearsals now. I think we open on June 8th. June 8th. Um, yeah. I'm going to come see it. 
Um, really? I, I, yeah, because, uh, you know. Okay, then my, Mikasa my... Sukasta. Yeah, you get to stay here. Listen, I'm in Ottawa. I'm bring flowers in the dressing room before. I'm totally going to do that. That's All exact. Right. Why are you spoiling my surprise, Spenny? And you have to be in a bathrobe. <laughs> okay. And your makeup's just been taken off. And, and then, and then, at, at, at some point, like the 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 tie on the bathrobe just sort of has to like fall away at some point, yes. right? Yes. Well, and, like, am I my having jaw a wine? Is pretty strong. I can just a Weinstein moment. Is that what you're gonna say? That's what I was wondering. Well, I <laughs> James, why don't you give me a massage? Mother, versus Penny, I exposed myself to her. I had the bathrobe, but I <laughs> dropped it. Wow. You got away with a lot because it was a show. Yeah, right? you did. Because nobody nobody knew what we were doing or cared, and that's totally canadian and that's the greatest thing about this country oh my god uh, how long do you yes. got Spenny? uh technically i'm over five minutes just because i've got to do something but that, i got i'm enjoying myself so let's okay, go a little go ahead right. douglas you're about to say something yeah no i'm saying uh we're we're opening on the eighth and it's uh it's really interesting because often in a show i'm either the oldest or cl close to the oldest one this and i'm the i'm I'm the second youngest. <laughs> this is because I've got four grandparents. So and and all of them are seasoned, really, really good actors. So I'm just learning so much. It's really incredible. Uh and in this one I have to cry, right? Mm -hmm. And normally if I'm doing a show, if we have this one we have about a three-week run. We we do Wednesday through Saturdays for over three weeks. And usually it's only about like close to the last show. I finally, you know, where everybody gets we were in a groove and everybody's got things going and then I, I'll cry. I've been crying since the first rehearsal, every single rehearsal. They keep on giving me stuff like this that just keeps on getting. So I don't, oops, what happened? You're still there. You're oh, still okay. There. Okay. My screen just went dark. Um, oh. So yeah, um, I, I have a feeling that uh, by the time we open, it's going to be really good. Because these are these these are four people that I've seen before. I've only had a chance to work with one of them before, and they're one of them. One of them, uh, Bill, um, could could be a Shakespearean actor. He's that good, and he's got that deep bass voice and stuff. And Douglas, do you would, um, lift from personal experience in order to cry, or do you uh, just take the emotion from the material? Uh. Combination of both. I usually lift from personal experience. Like if I really need to cry and it's not material in the play that would lead me to cry normally, then I have to think about like something like absolutely terrible. I, like I, how early you have to wake up for the Eager Beaver show, I would think would make me cry. <laughs> Some days it makes me cry too, I have to say. <laughs> Does it bother um, you if you were to think of a really close friend or relative dying and you don't cry? You're like, oh shit, I guess I wouldn't really care. Like. Uh, no, because it would it would be something else if it was on stage. If it was something that normally would make me cry and it doesn't work that day, it's because I'm either distracted or something else is going on. Um, but uh, but this one, just the material. Um, if you can, the thing with 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 a play that I I actually learned it when I was doing To Kill a Mockingbird, um, which was really weird because I wasn't black enough to be a southerner and I wasn't white enough to be a southerner. True. <laughs> so, but they needed extra people that weren't white for like the jury scenes and all that kind of stuff. And, and I thought the court scenes and I thought, well, when do you have a chance? Lots of times you do a play and it's something frivolous or it's something serious, but it's not necessarily important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were doing to kill a mockingbird around the time of George Floyd and whatnot. Oh, so wow. I thought it was important. So I just wanted to be associated in any way whatsoever. So, but we're listening to the court scene and every night I really tried to put myself in a situation where I, like I'm here for the first time. Mm. Even though I've heard this like 20 times before, 50 times before in rehearsal, I've never heard this before. 
it's like the verdict is guilty, <gasps> you know, or the like this, like it. So, and I managed to do that every night. <laughs> sorry, sorry, spoiler, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, so, if you haven't heard, if you haven't seen it, but it and I and I, it caught it. it it surprised me that I was able, because it was the first time I'd actually ever tried that because I had nothing else to do, really. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to think of any lines. I didn't have to. So I was just like, how can I make this court scene, make me look in the court scene like I've not seen this before? Yeah. And that's actually served me on this, served me well on this one uh, because there's not a lot of solo scenes. It's al- almost everybody's on stage the entire time. And there's a lot of witty repartee back and forth. It's almost like a pinball. Mm-hmm. Very, very fast. Um, so things just happen so fast and things moods can change on a dime that I don't have to think about it. And they're so good that if they just like make straight eye contact with me and look me right in the eyes, I will start bawling. Oh, wow. Spenny, did you ever do a play? No, <laughs> I, I, well, no, I did a walk on part in the high school play. Uh, yeah. I think it was David and Lisa. Is that a famous play? David and Lisa. I don't think so. I don't know. It sounds like yeah. something the student council president wrote. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It's a famous play. I, I, I no, but I, 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 I acted in Single White Spenny, and uh, also known as Single Season Spenny. So that tells you basically everything you need to know. Oh, no. Like, was it the same from the people that brought you Train Forty Eight? <laughs> single White Spenny, which, train by the way, was the I'm on that show. train all the time. I, I'm a via rail nut. So uh, uh, Train Forty Eight was like, why is this happening? Did someone lose a bet? Is this really what passes for Canadian television? Yeah. It was like watching. Was that was, was that during the writer's strike though? No, no. Okay, no. And it was on for like three seasons or some shit. Like, remember uh, what was that network that it was on for like a minute? Like it was a new city TV kind of network in Toronto. Uh, I can't remember. And that was the CHGH. No, CHGH is it, like long running thing. This was like, and it was. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but the, the, it was like at church and like fucking i don't know queen or something like that and that's where oh, the offices were and, yes. and it was just like the new vr does that sound right yeah that sounds right. oh yeah the new yes the new vr that's yes what, we had the new ro that, for a while chro changed change to the new ro the in ottawa new yeah. vr it's just like oh my god yeah so so as soon as you hear the call sign you know everything's gonna suck on this network and then the train 48 makes its appearance and the fucking train walls like you know they don't rattle because they're like it's a train and the whole train's going like this they do it because it's fucking chalkwood and, sad, and yeah. someone's holding it up on the other side like this and like literally flinched or something oh my god just it made you me say that about the honeymooners the you watch the honeymooners sometimes when alice or ralph slams <laughs> or you can see the whole wall and they're supposed to be living in a tenement building there's a scene in uh, lord of the rings um not is it lord of the rings no it's uh game of thrones where uh, Jon Snow takes out his sword and goes like this, and the sword goes like, like that, like it's rubber. <laughs> <laughs> and someone caught it. There's also a Starbucks cup. Wait, wait, wait. Starbucks cup. Yeah. Yeah. In, in one of the scenes of Game of Thrones, and yeah. someone's cell phone is in yeah. Game of Thrones too. So that was kind of neat, like the accidental Easter eggs. Did, you ever, you, did Easter eggs exist when you did Kenny versus Penny? <laughs> Cadbury. Actually, I do, but now because I married a Shiksa. But um, do you know what Easter eggs are? Yes. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know until ancient. like two years ago. <laughs> I swear to God. I didn't know. What? 
I thought they, I used to call them subliminal jokes. I didn't know just the let's terminology. Let's ask the Jew about Jesus. Okay, let's do that game. Holy I don't fuck, know. they I, nailed him to a cross? Sorry, go ahead. That's the old joke. Jesus, why he doesn't play hockey? Because they kept nailing him to the boards? Yeah. Bad joke. See, Kenny does jokes like that on stage. <laughs> That's actually and funny. And people laugh like they've never heard it before. That joke's I've never heard it before. Funny. No. I always, I'm afraid to react to jokes like that because of backlash, which sucks because... Oh, no. I live for the backlash. Like, well, may, may I tell a, a Jesus joke then? Yeah. Jesus Christ, right. yes. You're clearly yes. not that afraid. Yeah. This is a shitty way to spend Easter. <laughs> so it's a bad one. I learned that in church, though. Right. I learned oh, that when I was crunching a Christian rock band. Come on, guys. My mom's watching. I trained my son, Casper, to, um, whenever he sees a statue of Mary, to walk up to him and go, Hey, Frank. Just for no reason at all. <laughs> it's because I just wanted to look and do it. Um, my kids are, they don't believe in God. And they're, uh, my ex's mom hates it. She's like, because she said, because they'll say, well, Granny, I don't believe in God, so it's fine. <laughs> Whatever it happens to be that he's doing. And she's just like, shakes her head, walks away. And it's like that. This whole God thing and religion, which I used to be tolerant of, is responsible for most of the skullduggery that's going on in the world. You think it's so? All, it is. It is. It's all because it, it, they know the writing's on the wall. It's over. The, especially the younger generations are not going to buy into it. So they're freaking out. They're banning books. They're going after trans people. It's disgusting. I fucking... Mm -hmm. I've become so anti-religion as a result of this move they're making. Well, and yeah. it kind of goes back to the dumbing down of everything. When you remove the books or remove the education, you get your mindless sheep. And that's how religion right. works, is you've got your mindless. They don't want to think, we don't want you thinking for yourself. Here's right. your spoon-fed thought. So. Well, that's what, uh, we talked about this before, James, uh, Hitchens. Mm. He says, not only does Christianity want you to be a slave during life, that it continues after you die, right? That's right. It's unbelievable. Heaven, and I never he heaven, is, a, heaven, is, a, heaven is a celestial North Korea, as Hitchens yes. would say. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're just sitting there worshiping forever. He's like, oh, when is this fucking worshiping going to stop? And eating eating golden retriever puppies or something like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I, I never saw myself as being that anti-anything, but uh, I, I see it so clearly. <laughs> and they, they don't talk about it, but that's the underpinning of all of it. The weird thing is, is that conspiracy theorists used to be far leftists and they weren't motivated by religion when That's the whole when the pandemic started and and uh you know there was all these people that didn't want to take the vaccine or whatever when, when it was actually dean dean like i was talking to him on the phone and he's just like dude all these people are like like not all of them it's yes. like a bulk of these people yes. are like jesus loving people like the same demographic that doesn't believe in vaccines believes george soros is an evil wizard you know all that shit 100%. And I and I and I was in disbelief at first and I was I didn't say no they're not. I just was like, "Really?" And then I, when I started checking it, I was like, "Holy shit." Like it's totally And he knows cuz his family isn't Dean Dean grew up in a religious Yeah. He yeah. was in, he grew up in a I don't want to speak for him, but I believe it was like a extreme evangelical uh yeah. sect, right? He talks about it. So it's like, yeah, so it, I didn't know that. And so and I find that really bizarre because when we were growing up when 9-11 happened, for example, not when we were growing up, but when 9-11 happened, 
all the people that thought it was an inside job were lefties. They, they were not right wingers. We're totally right. Mm. So I don't know I when never that thought flipped. Of that. You're right. I don't know when that flipped, it, but it's weird. It, fl- it flipped maybe the same time that um, hating on free speech flipped and became a left wing thing. Yeah, which is which is now really weird. And I know that there is an argument to be made for disinformation and hate speech, but there well, are that's like... it, but, that, but let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Then okay. I got to go. But that's my thing. Like now it's like Elon. It's all about this free speech thing. I just saw an interview with him where he did that pause. Have you seen that? Or he pauses for I, I kind of like that. I, I, I kind of liked it because it fucked up the clip for them. But go ahead. yeah, but yeah. but, you know, it's just like. You're right. Where, where, what do you do with disinformation in a mass media that never existed before? Mm-hmm. What do you do with it? You just say it's freedom of speech and uh, everybody can be hoodwinked. I, I don't get it. I, I don't know the answer either, but Jesus. I don't know the answer either. Um, I always go back and I'm not name dropping, but he's the smartest person I've ever interviewed about this very subject. Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying and that. And when I asked Noam Chomsky about what, how do you fight uh, bad ideas and disinformation? <laughs> and he's like, the only answer is good ideas. Yeah. It's like you can't ban speech because in, in 50 years. No, but that's not true. Chomsky said recently the last few years that he i don't know if it's canceling free speech but it's okay if you put disinformation on the internet that you lose your account well it seems well, like people have though that's different than, different but, yeah, but that's people have, they've forgotten how to have a dialogue that is actually exploratory so right. like you can have a misguided view but everyone is so big in the confirmation bias now. It's the grifters. The grifters, right. They're making yeah. money. You said yeah. it earlier. Yeah. I can be a conspiracy theorist and I've got this audience that's going to send me money. I mean, they all do it. Santos, they all <laughs> are, are, are making money off of this stuff. I'll tell well, you. Say, we, say, we say it on our show often. If you do the math, right? I mean, if you got 10,000 people that are willing to give you $10 a year, yeah. For your CD or your book, why not? That's hundred thousand dollars. You're living well. Yeah, yeah. All you have to do is dupe ten thousand people yeah. <laughs> to give you ten thousand. Get them to part with ten thousand dollars. So say whatever. And in a planet of eight billion like this, where everybody's connected and the world is flat, it's easier than ever now to find ten thousand people. I'll keep you going. When I yeah. when I um, wrote for the Huffington Post, I wrote these two articles that were critical of the Toronto chapter of Black Lives Matter. And I, I don't want to name the company, but I had a company um, approach me and be like, um, listen, we'll hire you if that's all you do. Is like all of the things like like uh, criticize, uh, you know, gay activists and black activists. Rebel News? And, and, <laughs> no, it was an American outlet. Like yeah. they, they and they were mm. telling me things like, you know, if you join us, you'll get um you'll probably end up getting like your first three months, you'll have like a quarter million people that will regularly consume your shit. And they were probably right. But I just was like, I, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't believe in that. Right. Like, and, and I'm annoyingly non-committal to anything. Right. Like I need to be moderate. I don't like left wing positions and right wing positions. I just want to think for myself and just figure it out issue by issue. And, um, yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I, I don't know what it would have translated into money. We never even talked about money, but they told me they wanted to hire me. They told me what my what my audience size would end up being. And in the first phone call, I was like, I, I don't think I could do that. I just, I, yeah. you know, I Lots wouldn't even. Lots of people can. And I do. know. 
I know. And maybe I should have. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. There's always that. Right? Yeah. You know, like, I could have made like a few yeah. million Every time the bills come in, it's like, eh. Wrote an ex- had, a, had a come to Jesus moment and become a moderate, you know, like I could have fucking planned this out better, you know. Instead, here I am. All right, books. James, I honestly have to go. <laughs> okay. Um, I had a great time. Uh, yes, thank you, man. You, you told me an hour, so we were an hour 20. I got to go. I um, that. Thank you. Good to see everybody. Douglas, Emily. Hi, kid. Um, nice to meet you. you well. Nice to meet you. I uh, love your T-shirt. Your underwear is thank great. Um, James, what's not your underwear? I'm sure I like Douglas's underwear. I just have a feeling. Not wearing any. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I am. Benny, I like your appearance tonight. I thought your jokes were funny. (laughs) I appreciate you. (laughs) Okay. Bye, everybody. And and some of us here will make passes at boys who wear glasses. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll see you. Wait, he's wearing glasses. Costco, baby. Hey. Oh, it's Benny. (laughs) He's awesome. He was fun. That's that's last time I make a shirt. I didn't even know that Paul was going to try to come tonight. So that I didn't, uh, and I was trying, I want to keep it four. I never want to have five anymore. Mm. So okay. I'm a four guy. I didn't think, uh, you know, it's only 1021, but um, I, we're, we'll wrap at 11. But um, Spenny is, so I don't know if you saw Douglas, but I was like, I, I was like, I call Emma all excited. I'm like, get a t-shirt that says I love Spenny. She's like, okay, yeah. And then to Jenny, I, I made said the this same thing. Today. I made like, this. Really? I've never yeah. made a shirt before. So cool. and to, I said the same thing to Jenny. So the plan was to have Spenny, who normally doesn't have that kind of attention, have two girls on the show at the same time with I love Spenny on their boobs. And then obviously, like, you know, to sweeten the pie, no Kenny's allowed on Emma's beautiful butt. Right. And I thought it was going to be a dope thing. There you go. See, no Kenny's allowed. This is and and and, and Spenny's literally like this. Uh, I appreciate the compliment that's being communicated on your shirt. You know what, though? <laughs> I would be the same way. Like, compliments, like, I love compliments. I don't know how to take them. I just, ah. I default to, oh, thanks, I, you know? I had a whole, all these bits lined up. I was like, I was like, yeah, man, like, this is going to be great. Like, I was, I thought, you know, in my mind, it was hilarious. And then when Spenny was like, I appreciate the compliment that you are exhibiting with your T-shirt and the letters on it that spell "I love Spenny." Don't think I don't. And I was just like, I don't know. I took that as a compliment. I know, but I thought it was going to be hilarious, but it was wasn't that at all. I need uh, more practice at writing bits. I guess, right? Like, I'm, I'm, well, you 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 have to you 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 have to know the person if you're including someone in your bit who's not aware is in your bit. You have to be very good at predicting what they'll do. I am obviously. I, <laughs> it's about well, the only now way. Now I'm good at predicting Spenny. Now it's just like, um, like I like like maybe the T-shirt should say something like Spenny's personality is pretty good, and he'd be like, yes, over the moon. Yeah, just whatever is very. But it's not a lie. It is not a lie. I, I from the show. I well, I like them both. Like yeah. if I if I go back, like I will say the goat episode. That was probably my favorite because at the time my next door neighbor had a goat. I wanted to borrow it and try and see if, how long I could go tied to a goat, but my neighbor wouldn't let me because they wanted to eat it for Easter. Um, they were Greek Orthodox. So but, you, at one time, you were not the goat goat. <laughs> no, but I am the throat goat. That's right. No. 
Ooh. Well, Douglas has said the last time that you said that, Douglas was like, I'm sorry, excuse me, you're what now? <laughs> well, I wasn't I informed. I think there should be a professional match. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? Name and time and place. No. My house. I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about no one being around except for me. Um, no. But uh, I. <laughs> Can you I tell him it wasn't easy? Exactly Emma, can you just tell him it wasn't really easy? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I actually wasn't surprised by his reaction, to be honest, because it was very on brand, on point for who, who the portrayal, at least, of Spenny that I watched over the years, right? I tried so, to get Kenny to come on the show, too, but he's at his cottage. Oh. Uh, you know, because I thought... Because then again, you know, I thought your butt would have been good for for uh, Kenny to like bust all of our balls or something. You know, it's just it's hard to throw what? shit like this together and expect it to stick when you're you're the only one that's had it as a figment of your imagination <laughs> and you're trying to get people to play. Why don't you know what's going on in my head, like Spenny? You know, well, speaking what do you of Kenny, you're at a cottage. Fuck you. My butt's gonna be on a calendar. Really? Ooh, tell me more. Mm-hmm. Um, Naked News is doing a calendar. They do one every year. And this will be my first calendar ever, but I have a shoot date to have a picture of my butt. I don't know what month I'm going to be, but I am very excited. You're you're porcelain skinned more than really tan. So I would say you'd be a winter month. Maybe, maybe. Unless they give me my birthday month. Ooh, which is? September. Ooh, that's that's always a good month. That's when the sun starts going down. Everybody, everybody watches the calendar in September because back to school. Exactly. You'll be very viewed. August exactly. is probably really filled with anxiety, yes. isn't it? Hmm? Like the last Not week of me. August. I remember getting nervous, a nervous now it is stomach. Like it was like a neural pathway. You know, because mm. you spend 10 years going to school, elementary school and high school. And every, the, when the first day of school, especially on the morning of the first day, there was the jitters. I always had a little bit of jitter. And there was, sometimes it was excitement. When I was really young, it was like I was a little afraid of kindergarten the first day, whatever. But there was always some sort of anxiety attached to it. And then I realized, like, every year since I dropped out of college, at, at around that first week of September, I would just naturally feel a little nervous. And I thought it was because my, my biological clock was remembering anxiety from when the first day of school was. Yeah, could be. Oh. Okay. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Am I the only one that's ever had? Why are you guys spending your reaction to my anecdote? <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking. Like we're all spennies now. That is a great anecdote you just told, James. Well done, sort of, I guess. You know, I'm, I'm trying I'm to not... think back to my school days without, yeah. like, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to the calendar. Uh, so there for an probably an embarrassing number of years i didn't know that it was the first school went back the first monday after labor day or something or whatever it is like i don't think i actually really knew that until probably grade seven i'm just like my mom would be like oh you have school next week i'm like oh okay so uh see for me it was opposite when i was a kid last week in august while everybody was dreading it i loved it Mm. because when i was a kid school was the only thing i was good at oh really how helpful yeah. that was. School and dance. School and dance. Because I, I was terrible at sports because I was a dancer. Mm. Right? I had a 28 waist. But I was I was 112 pounds and I was 96 pounds of ass. <laughs> so I couldn't run fast. <laughs> Nobody had ever taught me to throw, yeah. th- taught me how to throw or catch. So sports were out. Like, sorry, uh, you, you, were, you were a big kid? Or just your butt was big? 
just by my lower body, my butt, my legs from all the plies yeah, and pushing yeah. down oh, the floor. Yeah. So you could balance a tray on that ass kind of thing? Pretty much, yeah. I had a 20, my, my measurements were 34, 28, 34, but I needed, so. Like but a but gymnast, I, for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, but I needed 34 pants to get them over my thighs and my butt. Yeah. And then and everything around my waist was a potato. I was stack. the same. I, I had a 30 inch waist, but I had to get 34 pants because I had a bubble butt when I was young. Yeah. yeah. And I was really disappointed yeah. when I was 43 and I was like, wait a second. The bubble is like when you, only half a bubble now. Like it's not as bubbly when you feel as your sit. When you feel your sit bone for the first time, it's a shock. Yeah. I stopped dancing and my roommate at the time was a phys ed teacher and he specialized in gym, gymnastics, swimming and diving. And he told me to take up swimming because it was good, low, no impact for the knee. Mm-hmm. So I did it, but I'm not a sprinter. So it's like 800 meters, 1500 meters, open water swims now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like this, my lower body slimmed down. I got shoulders and then I lost my butt. And one day I'm like sitting down and I can't get comfortable because my butt hurts. And it's like, what's this thing? Oh, that's what my sit bone feels like. I've never felt it before. Mm-hmm. This is weird. I don't like it. Um, I'm always, <laughs> I'll be right back. Casual Friday, the host is allowed to leave for a second. Yep. I'll be right back. Okay. But even though I grew up dancing and skating, um, Thanks to my lovely uh, scoliosis, I've always felt my sit bone, which, uh, you know, it was it was a very strange thing because, like, my classmates, you know, when you're sitting around in a circle and you're doing your warm-ups and everything, I'd be like, I, oh, my God, like, can I just, like, get a pillow or, you know, you kind of, like, adjust. And, like, no one else had that issue. Right. And, you know, I, I, I would always remember my teacher also, like, she'd always be like, straight, straighten your back, straighten your back. I'm like, I, I can't. I physically cannot. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that that's the thing. When I was swimming, uh, I wanted to do the IMs. Mm-hmm. And I figured out while I was in the water that something happened while I was dancing that my body wasn't straight. So when I'm in the water, because when you're doing the breaststroke yeah. part, you have to be flat and your legs have to come back like a frog, right? Yeah. But I was always like this in the water instead, yeah. like a little twisted. And my legs would always end up scissor kicking yeah. and I'd get it. I'd end up getting disqualified all the time yeah. <laughs> because they're not, they're not supposed to cross. And I couldn't figure it out. I guess, and it turns out, yeah, just from all the dancing, because you're dominant on one side, you spin on one side, you turn on one side, so my body was torqued on one side. Exactly, exactly. Same with, like, all my bruises. All the bruises I get on the one hip are definitely not on my supporting leg. <laughs> all my scars are on the right side. Yeah, I fall right. <laughs> ah, timber. Ah, oh, look, he's falling again. Gravity's yeah. ah. still working. <laughs> but but with, with back to school, so when I was a kid, like school, school and dance were the only two things I was good at. Yeah. It was like, I was terrible, terrible at everything else. Yeah. Not popular at all. <laughs> like this, and you know, n- no girls were interested. Uh, so it was just one of those things. And it's like, so I loved school. You would get the flyers like mid August with all the back to school stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, I want this binder and I want this. And now that I'm an adult and I don't have to go and buy new binders every September or not. I don't know what to do with myself when the end of August comes along now. <laughs> it's like, I, I, haven't go, I haven't been going back to school yeah. since I was 25. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's been 25 like, years. A new notebook just out of habit, right? But see, I loved school for the coursework and the teachers, but I was mocked relentlessly. So it's funny, like all the stuff that I capitalize on now, and I say capitalize okay. because I've pretty much on, on certain on my non-comedic side, I've commodified myself, right? Right. Everything that I, I sell is everything I was made fun of growing up. But right? relentlessly, relentlessly, right? I, I was better friends with my teachers than any of my classmates. 
okay. I had a few class friends, but what ha- um, the thing that happens, we, we, we grew up relatively poor. Yeah. So in the neighborhood that I was in as a kid, we were all poor, mm-hmm. right? So if you happened to be good at school, everybody was happy for you because you were going to get out. Yeah. Well, then we moved to a nice part of the neighborhood, a town. Like, because I was living in a foster home and their father, their own son was getting ready to go to high school. Mm-hmm. So they wanted a better neighborhood to go to a better school. So we moved into a neighborhood where people were judges and teachers and lawyers and all the kids got to go to Disney or Vail every mm-hmm. March break or and got a car when they were 16 and were wearing polo and Benetton yeah. in the spring. And, 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 and I was wearing and, Byway and GT Boutique Special yeah. and like this and oh well, yeah yeah we take a trip every year to the campground yep. <laughs> right? so, we go real far we just so we close our hydro for two months and we go camping you know like pretty much yeah. right so i was uh grade five was the worst one because mm. we just moved to the na- new neighborhood fortunately that school was only open for one year oh. <laughs> and it closed uh but it was terrible i had no friends no nothing it was an awful year yeah. and then we got to grade six and we went to another school but every all my grade five class mm-hmm. came with me yeah so the first like, three days of school, I talked to everybody that was not in my grade five class yeah. and made a few friends before the word about me got around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I was totally not cool. Neither. Not cool at all. And all the things about me in high school that were totally uncool when I got to university, were like, well, all of a sudden I was my own person. Yeah. And I hadn't changed much from high school. Yeah, same. Right? It was like, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're so cool. You're so cool. And I was like, like when did I talk, get promoted? Like, did you like... <laughs> I remember like the first time someone's like when I when I mentioned like I play French horn and auxiliary percussion. I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool. And I was just waiting for their face to crack and be like, totally joking, you're a nerd, loser. You know, so like leaving high school and grade school, because I it was the same for me. Uh, my family, we were super lucky in that someone held a mortgage for us. That was the only reason we okay. got, you know, where we were to, but we were the poor kids in the rich school. And, uh, so yeah, once like I got a scholarship for college, that was the only way I was going. And so, um, when I finally got there and there's just this, oh, wow, that is so cool. You can do this. You can do that. Oh, you can sing. You can do this. You it's like, yeah, I, I, I like, are you mocking me? Like I'm, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Right. It's right. one of those, like, and now yeah, it, just, it just blows your mind that all of us and all the things about you that were totally uncool, everybody thinks are super cool about you. Yeah. I will say though, I have had a chance to do that, uh, which is very cliche, but I'm very happy that I did get, did get to do that where I've had several high school bullies of the male variety come up and be like, Hey, you grew up nice. I'm like, yeah, you were a jackass in school. Go fuck yourself. You know, like I got to say that to them. Like, you know, like it's just, Never happened to me. So good. Has a bully ever come up? Has a bully ever come up to you and was like, "I'm really sorry." Uh, I actually have had that as well. I did have that, Um, but my favorite was, and I'm not even going to say their name. Um, I doubt they're watching, but I'm not going to say their name because it's not worth it. But they came up to me, asked me if I remembered them, and they made my like I would go home and cry myself to sleep because of this person. I looked at them and like, "Who are you?" And that chef's kiss. Best, mm. proudest moment of my life because you could see just like, oh, shit, you know, like she doesn't care. I totally did care. I've been a bully that has, uh, like, I wasn't like a relentless bully in school, like in elementary school, but for some reason, I did target this one guy, and I reached out to him like I don't know, maybe ten years ago or something, and I was like, listen, man, 
Like, I, I just want to let you know that I know I was a dick to you. I'm, I'm really sorry for that. And surprisingly, um, he was like, thank you for saying that. Which mm. made me feel horrible because I was like, holy fuck, it did impact him. But like, yeah. you know, I know, like, I, and I was bullied when I was younger by other people. So I understand, like, I, puberty wasn't kind to me. I was like, mm. I was like, oh, oh, I'm puberty. Oh, I'm shaving when I'm 12. You know, like, like I, I was yeah. Italian. Like, it, I don't know what your background or whatever is, Douglas, but I, Italian people, like, I have footage of me when I was 12. And my mom was like, shave that shit. Like, it was just like this fucking, like, hanging Moses beard, but a bad one, right? Mustache came started coming in at ten, hairy chest at twelve. Yeah, the first guy to the first guy to sprout hair at school is like the first girl to sprout boobs. Yeah, I had hairy chest when I was twelve too. All the guys think you're a freak. Mm-hmm. Totally, like this, and then full beard at thirteen. I got served in bars, yeah. uncarded at thirteen. Yeah. My first beard that I ever I was bought. That hairy. Get served uncarded. The first, yeah, fuck off. That <laughs> I was that hairy. <laughs> the first time I bought a beer at a bar was at the Royal Strip Club in uh, in Whitby when I was fourteen years old. Yeah, oh. first time. The, the 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 Labatt's Blue Blues tent at the Super X in Ottawa. Wow. Nice. I just they did served bush me, they served me three times that night. Bush par- Yeah, they don't idea bush parties. Yeah. 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 Though we would find like random cases of beer along the creek and just bring them, we didn't know who they belonged to. So. Can I? Can I? Can we? Because we have about we have about twenty three minutes left. I was wondering if I could switch gears here and talk about the online dating uh, adventure. That yeah, <laughs> please do. So I was like, I, I was listening to I don't and I don't normally do this, but wh- whenever whatever the podcast was when I was talking about how I hate online dating, I think it was last casual Friday, and how I was like this and that. I was like, you know, maybe. Just maybe it's a little bit ignorant to say that if you've never done it, right? So then so I was like, what should I do? So everyone's like, well, where you are, probably Tinder would be the best one because there's not many people. And so I, I signed up for an account. It was like, it didn't take me long to write the bio. It took me like less than 30 seconds. Um, but, but to choose the pictures, I was like, oh, fuck, right? Like, I don't know what pictures to choose. Because I didn't want any posy pictures or cool guy pictures or anything like that. Like, I, I didn't know. No holding right? a fish. Right. Or, or, or anything like that. And uh, so I picked these two pictures. They're okay. I guess I don't even remember which ones they were, but whatever. And then I go onto it when, he, when you're ready to, like, I don't know, shop or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Right? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, the whole, the whole, like, process of swiping left makes me feel like I'm, like, Kim Jong-il. And I'm like sending people to the gallows or something like that. I know it's just me. It's not a, like like I'm the reason like they should be really sad about being swiped left. But I was just like, so I haven't swiped right yet, <laughs> right? And in my mind, and then I started laughing because I'm just like, why aren't you swiping left? And the re- the only reason I could come up with is because because these people are online dating. <laughs> So it means I'm never going to swipe right if I'm really being principled about the whole thing. Because I got to tell you, it is exactly what I thought it would be. It is like, like, honestly, if I see one more picture of a grown ass woman doing this. I'm going to fucking kill myself. (laughs) And every single picture, she's just like. Like, it's always those duck lips. And I'm just like, this is fucking insane. Like. I, I can't do this, right? See, and then she I sort saw of people from... that I knew. I walked into the coffee place today to talk to Jessica, who's like a, a, a barista at this coffee place, Madawaska Coffee. Shout-outs to Madawaska Coffee. You should be my first sponsor, by the way. Um, 
but I walked up to her and I'm like, oh, hey. She's like, hey. And I'm like, I swept left. I swiped left on you today on Tinder. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. She goes, why? And I'm like, because I knew I'd be in the coffee shop and I'd see you here. And I haven't swiped right yet. And I don't think I'm going to. In fact, I think I'm going to uninstall it from my phone because I don't really like it. I had one conversation with one chick. She, um, I guess you got to, when you don't pay for Tinder, I guess you got to wait till someone swipes right on you mm-hmm. that you swipe right on and then you can message them. So she messaged me. She's like, hi. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, I just want to let you know right off the bat that this is my very first online dating message I've ever sent to anyone. So ask me anything. She's like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm a podcaster. My podcast is called Blackwell James Fury and an assistant librarian. That was three days ago. <laughs> she hasn't messaged me back. And I'm like, Ooh. okay, I guess I've already failed. Right? Like. So, uh, sorry, wow. I, get, I did swipe white right on one person, and that was the reason that I'll never swipe right again. I'm just like, this is awful. How did this happen? So, I think I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to bring back talking to people in person. Yes, that yeah. is how I Please. do it. I'm going to bring it back. Please. I tried I tried online, da- uh, online dating for a while. I had a profile for the longest time. Um, hookups, it worked for. Yeah. Um, nothing remotely anything deeper yeah. like you'd meet like someone and like this and you'd like have a great time one night and you say let's do it again okay yeah sure let's do it again and, like there's one guy i remember i actually found out that it was his birthday coming up i said okay well let's hang out for your birthday well, like i'll take you out we'll do something he says sure like this his birthday comes along nothing happens it's like what are you he says well oh you didn't call to remind me but i need to call you to remind you yeah. that i'm taking you out for your birthday it's like maybe maybe I've gotten old somewhere along the way, but usually when you make a plan with someone and then you call them again afterwards, it's because the plan's going to be canceled or changed. Yeah, exactly. Not to say, "Hi, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that everything's still on." Communication. Yeah. Communication. It's like you make a plan, you make a plan with me, like like to say three months three months from now we're going to see this concert. I'm going to write it in my calendar and I will be there. Yeah. You don't have to call me to remind yeah. me. Yeah, like I, I will might be call up like. But this one is like, hey, okay, wait a minute, I offered. Yeah, it's like I offered to take you out for your birthday and you didn't remember? Yeah. That's because... Okay, well, maybe if I want deep relationships, I need to stop swimming in the shallow end of the pool. It, it started <laughs> with cellular telephones. Cellular telephones made people so unreliable because now anytime they want, they can just be like, at the time it was like flip, and they'd be like, yeah, I'm going to be late. And nobody was punctual anymore as soon as cell phones came out. And then you add smart, you put a TV on it and everyone's just like... How many pe- how many people do you know that are just the flakiest fucks ever? Like they always <sighs> will be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go," and then they never go. Yeah, that's because it's four technology. years of dating before meeting Alex. <laughs> really, See, four. I don't. I refuse to use apps. I used apps for a bit, and I had no problem like matching with people. But I found they were very much looking into hookups, or there were times where I just wasn't ready to meet someone. And then I just kind of realized, like, I don't. I don't actively seek out relationships, you know, I, I like to go out and see how people genuinely fit in my life. Because if I go out and I'm looking for a romantic partner and say, I meet someone and they're awesome, but I'm only looking at them through a relationship lens and they don't measure up, I'm going to lose out on whatever friendship or acquaintance or whatever networking is going to come from that because they don't fit the mold. And I found since doing this, like I've had some amazing people come into my life. Um, I've also like, there's, there's someone that I, I talk to and I see quite regularly. They are, they're amazing, but had 
And actually, uh, they had DM'd me after we first met, and I completely ignored their DMs. And now they've, like, instead of sliding into my DMs, they slide into me. But, like, had we, had we chatted through DM, I don't think I ever would have actually gone out and been like, well, hey, like, let's actually do this face-to-face because online feels so disingenuous. Yes. Yes, it does. And you know what I've, you know what I've learned? And I don't want to overstate this because because she might be watching. But um, I'm friends with one of my exes in total, right? And I've, I've been around, <laughs> okay? Um, but one of them. And I've known her for, like, basically, like, literally, I think, half my life. I'm 46. I met her when I was 23. Mm-hmm. And I am learning. She, she has been, like, like in, in all honesty, like, since, um, since this and since, like, you know, the whole family situation being completely turned upside down, I cannot think of a more important person in my life right now than this person. Like she has mm-hmm. been my rock. She mm-hmm. has been like there for me and just a really dope ass friend, right? Like she's just been there. And I started, and I told her this, right? It's not like whatever. Um, I'm like, you know, I have just readjusted my lens when it comes to like what I think I want in like, if I ever want a relationship again. And I only know what I don't want. And it's not because I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to get hurt or anything like that. Mm. I really, really, truly believe that that whole cycle of a relationship that starts with infatuation and goes to the honeymoon stage and goes to this and that and everything is, is real and primal and almost entirely um, related to procreation. Yeah. I think just in a, at an instinctive level, right? And because I don't want any more kids... I am looking at this friend, and I, I told her the other day, I'm like, listen, um, Cal, I'm not proposing to you. So I just want to preamble by, by letting you know that, right? And she's like, she starts laughing. And I'm like, uh, if, I, if I can imagine myself ever wanting to be in a relationship again and loving someone, it'd be you, kid. Like, it really would. Because you're proving to be someone who genuinely cares about me. Like, like, you, like I can feel it. And whether whatever the context happens to be, I'm not looking for you to tell me that you love me right now or anything, but I, I, I will be honest with you. I fucking love you. And it feels like a love that is so much better than the infatuation stage or the honeymoon stage because I know you. You're my friend, right? You're my friend above all else. And mm-hmm. because of what I've been through and because I what I don't want to go through and also just because I don't want to have any more kids, you know, Gun to my head? Yeah, you know what? I'd get down with you, Kel. Like, I, I would fucking live with you because I know that we have the type of relationship that's based on an underpinning of an actual friendship. Yeah. And and I don't think I could get that with someone else. Like, if I met someone on Tinder and tried to go through the process of being pals first, it would feel, I don't know, like it would, like I'm reverse engineering the whole point of online dating or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like... So yeah. I, that's a good well, realization for me, I think, to have. Kelly, if you're watching, it, it, I, don't, don't worry. I'm not... Uh-oh. 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 Did he freeze? Oh, no, he's back. back. Oh. Yeah. oh, there I'm we go. I'm not going to show up at your door, Cal, but I, I do love you with all of my heart. I really do. She, she's such a such a good friend. And uh, But anyways, yeah, so that so that just made me even more turned off to online dating. Douglas, sorry, you were going to say something. It, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, actually, because uh, my, my sweetie was talking to me to earlier today. I don't know how exactly it came up. Uh, but he said something and I said, yeah, uh, I said, of course, because we're friends. And he looked at me and says, you think of me as a friend? 
says, well, of course you're my friend <laughs> as well. It's like, you're not, you're not just my boyfriend. Like this, like we're friends. I actually like, like hanging out with you. If we weren't partners, we'd still be hanging out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, we are. We are also friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what, what he, what he heard was you like me as a friend. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was just because for him, they're two separate things. Uh, right. And it's sort of like, Oh, so you, you see me as a friend as well. Yeah. So yeah, of course I well, and I, I think it's super important for, <laughs> for a healthy relationship to be able to exist without sex. Like, take the sex away. Take, yep. you, oh, I think Kelly and I would get down. Kelly and I would get down. Kelly, if you're listening, if you're listening, Kelly, we would get sex. down. Wait, hold on, Emma. <laughs> Stop talking for a second. Kelly, if you're listening, we would absolutely get down if we if we were going to get together. So the, don't listen to Emma right now. Go okay. ahead, Emma. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, trust me. Like, I am a big fan of having sex with my friend right like i'm not that's the thing who are you gonna have sex with people you hate yeah, people you don't like, know people your enemies I know of course. That having sex, sex with people you hate is underrated still going to be this that's true friend, then that makes the sex even more better because right i don't know if that's a good combination of words but you can you they they know you inside and out and then they get to know you inside and out um, I had a friend with benefits for over twenty years once, and it's true. It's 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 like that. At some point, the friendship just does something different. Yeah, and I, I any type of relate. Like I'm not currently looking to settle down. I very much enjoy my independence. I enjoy space. I find a lot of dating. Um, I mean, I've been on dates with people where literally by date three, they're planning a life with me, and it's like slow down. I'm I like to maybe like I. I don't need to spend every hour with someone. I don't need to, you know, if I see you maybe once a week, twice a week, three times a week, three times a week, not every week, you know, like I want to be, yeah, it's, it's a, a solid relationship is based on friendship first, because there are going to be times in life too, where the sex is going to fade. It comes in ebbs and flows. And if you do not have a solid foundation, when it's, and no sex time you're not going to have that core to keep yourselves together and that kind of but i mean a, a good hate fuck is kind of good if it wants yeah the hate yeah. fucks are really underrated really absolutely yeah. but it, it works the other way too because like you know just as we're friends there are times when we have an argument mm-hmm. or when times when he's been particularly ornery mm-hmm. where i'm like you know sweetie i love you but I don't like you very yeah. much right now. Let's get naked. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think makeup sex. I will always love you. That's never going to change. But right, right now, now, I don't like makeup, you. makeup sex is one of the greatest inventions of all time. I really mm-hmm. believe that. Yeah. Yes. I was. Yes, I had a whole Spenny joke about that. Spenny, if you were a porn star, a facial on Spenny would be called white on rice because he's Spencer Rice, right? <laughs> or if I were if I were to write his face. Right white on right i'm pretty white yeah that's true that's true uh, <laughs> so i guess that changes the expression i'd be on you like white on rice <laughs> rice white all over that rice look at that shit <laughs> i'd be on you like rice on white <laughs> clean it up clean it well, chopsticks? Wow, I've never seen that before. Well, listen, let's end it there. Let's end it on a funny note. End it on chopsticks. Yeah, that's right. 
Somehow that's racist. I like cho- I don't know. I like is. chopsticks, but I never understood the fur Elise thing. <laughs> Why is she furry? <laughs> oh my god! Someone posted something. There used to be a salesman in like the 19th century, like the the mid 1800s, that used to go around selling like women pubic hair toupees. Like the oh, Merkins. Yeah. That's right. Merkins. Was that you that posted that? Merkins. Yeah. Was that you? <laughs> it wasn't me, but I know what oh they are. Oh my God. How do you know what the fuck they are? I don't know how I know half the stuff about heterosexual sex, to be totally what honest. Was with I've, never people actually, ba- I've never actually had any. What was with, what was with people <laughs> back in the day? <laughs> with, with, the, with the fake white wigs and the Merkins? Like, what? What did people have an issue with hair back in the day? That, that's such a weird thing. Wow, a spider just fell from my ceiling, in my ceiling, and it's like the size of a coaster. Ooh, yeah. Do you want me to kill it? I, I'm a little far away, but I don't. I, Ooh, I don't kill okay. spiders. I don't kill. I can't. No, kill spiders neither eat I, yeah. all this shit. I actually ones. wouldn't kill it. I actually have. I have a Lala. stick in a jar that. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing, James. <laughs> Hold on. I have I... a stick in a jar that I'm going to be releasing outside. No kidding. Okay, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's a tick in a jar. A tick in it's a, jar? a tick in a jar. It's my tick in a jar. Uh, it was you better, on one of my children. Are you better for rele- catching and releasing or if you were to kill it? What's more safe for everybody involved in this world? Well, I, I don't know how to kill it. You don't know how to kill a tick? No. And Flush I don't it. want it in my house. so. Flush it. I just don't like killing things. It could kill a child next door. It could give it Lyme disease. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this one's not a Lyme disease tick. How do you? This is just an annoyance tick. <laughs> How do you know? Because there's different kinds of ticks. They have signs all over Hamilton that tell us like which ticks are good and bad. Hmm. But we named this one Richard because he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Richard. <laughs> dick the tick. <laughs> see, see if it, see if a spider will eat it. Ooh. Yeah, find a spider. Ooh. Listen, mail it to me. <laughs> all right, this... we'll feed your spider. You know what? Someone, someone is. We're gonna get. Now we're gonna have Schrodinger's tick. Someone sent me. <laughs> a, someone sent me pictures of a uh, a, a ball rattlesnake. Does that make sense? Is ball that a type of snake? A, bo- a ball, ball python. rattlesnake. That's right. A ball python. And, okay. and she was convincing me that how, how good of a pet it was. I didn't know this, but like domesticated snakes nuzzle like a cat mm-hmm. does against your leg. Like really? it will be like. Mm-hmm, they like the heat. It. Yeah, but they so, like, they, oh. so, they, so they're affectionate, or at least we see it as affection because it looks like a cat doing it, but maybe they're just like plotting our demise. I have no idea. But <laughs> she made me like think about, honestly think about getting a a ball python as a pet because I have a mouse problem certain times a year because where I live. Mm-hmm. And um, and I started to like, I'm, I'm growing on the idea of just like letting a python roam around the house and eat mice. Like, um, I wouldn't let it roam around the house. I wouldn't let it roam um, around. No. Why not? Because it's kind of a constrictor type yeah. thing, right? You don't yeah, you don't want to let it roam around. Well, yeah. unfortunately, and fortunately for my kids, my wife stole them, and so now I don't live with them. But <laughs> they still come over. So, But I'll put it in the tank when they come over. Is that yeah. what you mean? Well, no, like you, you don't want it to come around your neck when you're sleeping. Yeah. Not, like, I don't want the python to come around my neck, for sure. Yeah. But so, I do, yeah, I so that's why you don't want to leave it roam around the house. Yellow snakes. But, it, but, like but it's not supposed to do that if it's domesticated. And they usually pick up chicks, and it's pretty, hand, like, it's pretty useful. They but tried not... it on me, but I kind of saw through it. <clears throat> okay, next week we're giving you headphones, Emma. Okay? 
Okay. Thank we're you, because I'm loud. We're talking. No, it's not that. It's not about volume. We're talking originally <clears throat> because you hear it. I think you have a little bit of delay on your end. But but either way, okay. the point though I thought was that the ball python has a person that it won't fucking kill, and that's why it would. Okay. Really? Is it like even Siegfried? Let's even Siegfried got eaten. Yeah, but that was like a fucking anaconda or something. If like, I died tomorrow, my cat was a tiger. Would oh, right, a tiger. Was a tiger. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I thought we were talking snakes. Though. Yeah, it was, it was a tiger. Like, kitty, kitty, kitty. Okay. It was Siegfried, a... not Sigmund. Yeah, but I mean, but they also what, made they it had... do shit. I just want to let it go and let it eat mice and have it nuzzle me. I don't want to like you know. No, all I'm all I'm saying is that once you let it go, if you can't find it before you go to bed, you probably don't want to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I think that Bobby the ball python would love me and it would like just snuggle with me in bed. It would become my blanket, like my my neck blanket. I don't know, maybe I don't know. My lumbar oh, support. Imagine that. I could train it so that it would just be at my lumbar. Oh, I will squeeze him and love him and call him George. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Why wouldn't I do that? I'd be stupid not to do that, Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> to call him, not call him George. Just to have one roaming around the house. I would take that risk if it would mean never having to set another mousetrap again. You guys don't understand. Certain months of the year in my house, it's yeah. like I catch like three. Oh, that's right. I am getting a cat. That would solve that problem. Because when we had a yes, cat, would. they all hid in the walls. They... And the cat will only eat your face eventually. Yeah. Like, if I, like I said, if I die tomorrow, Riggs, the one that tried to fight the raccoon tonight. Um, yeah. If I died tomorrow, she'd eat me 100%. But that's she's they're clean. crawling all over me first thing in the morning, giving me love. So That's because they're clean. She's just sampling. Yeah. I wonder mm. if cats yep, get still up- tastes good. Wonder- I'll keep her around. I wonder if cats get upset <laughs> when people die, or, or do they react like Spenny? That human is no longer with us. The human has expired. I guess I have to find, I have to find another way to get nourishment. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I will eat the human. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Douglas, <laughs> Emma, thank you for joining me tonight. This was a fun. This, this was the. I think since I got out of the hospital, this is my favorite Casual Friday because it was like Yay! a lot of people here. Um, even though my Spenny joke didn't work, I'm okay with it. No. Nope. You know what? He reacted on brand. I I think it went well. <laughs> I was like, I haven't done that since I haven't done that since Ryan Lindley was my co-host. Where I was like, why aren't you guys laughing? But I was really fucked up when I did that. Yeah. Now I'm not on anything, so I'm just like. I am very disappointed that my bit wasn't better. Like, <laughs> I feel like such a nerd. Like I'm an AV crew guy now or something. Well, <laughs> you know what? If it wasn't for your bit, I never would have, A, learned that my ex took my um, my iron because I bought a new iron today to make this. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, and I learned that I can make a shirt. And you and can make a shirt. I, and I like, wouldn't have this. Yeah. And I can just exactly. pretend. And if I ever get in a mood where I want to be like submissive, I'll just pretend my name is Kenny. Yeah. Well, and and, <laughs> and you'd block out the no, right? Yeah. Well, unless, no, because I'd want to be humiliated. Want you can't have this, Kenny. I'm like, <laughs> I'm J. Gen- oh, right, Kenny. Yeah. You, oh, oh, mommy. You know, actually, you're not good enough to have this, yeah. Kenny. I'll make sure That's to send you a copy. Wow, of the Douglas, you've been a very bad Douglas, boy. Call me after you. You're, you speak my language. Kenny, you've been a very bad boy. You can't have this just now. We have to wait to see if you get two marshmallows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Douglas, Emma, I love you both. Have a great night. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, Emma. I love seeing you. Douglas, happy birthday. And thank you, everybody. Thank you. And thank you to everybody on the chat who wished me happy birthday. I don't know where you're doing for the rest of the night, but I hope whatever it is, it's sort of like white on rice. Okay. (laughs) Fuck, I love you. I love you too. (laughs) 
<laughs> Good night, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's it for us. Uh, I am in Ottawa next week. I have uh, everyone's favorite German politician, <laughs> Christine Anderson, on on Tuesday, and uh, and then I'm not sure, but I'll be in Ottawa, and I have a couple things going on there. I have uh, a meeting with a potential sponsor that I'm not really going to talk about, and uh, I possibly hooked up a live interview or whatever. So I'll be in Ottawa for uh, three or four days. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us on Casual Friday. And we'll see you next time on Black Ball. Black Ball. Black 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 Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Kids, I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy is something you do.